This episode of Skids Up Podcast was recorded on August 22nd, several days before Augie also recorded with Maximum Collective Podcast. Please note that there were several things that happened in between the two recordings, so please take that into account while listening to this extra early episode. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the podcast. All right, so welcome everyone to Skid Sub Heli Podcast. I know that now you have a different voice in the microphone, a voice that you haven't heard in a few months. So yes, I am back. Um, I'm back to the podcast. It's been a while. So um, we have a Yay. full crew. <laughs> hey, we have a full crew plus a very special guest today, but I'll get into that a little bit later. So first of all, let's say hi to our good northern canadian friend darren darren how are you how's it going eh still alive happy to be home still alive still alive that's important and i'm i'm not burnt yet where i am just just uh toasted just yeah just smelling an awful lot of smoke (laughs) (laughs) despite the fact that most of british columbia is on fire (laughs) Uh, yeah that's pretty bad should have should have been uh, over by now, but it seems to not end, right? Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. Actually, this is kind of the peak right now. Normally, right now is normally the peak. But anyways, okay. anyways, okay. We also have our good friend from down Florida, Frank. Say hi, Frank. Say hi. Yeah, there you go. I oh. had to get back to that, huh? Yeah, we can't let that one go. Dare yeah. to do it as uh, as smooth as you did right there. <laughs> yeah, right. my intros sucked. <laughs> no, they were um, good, dude. They were really good. They were better yeah, than mine. You, you, you did good. You did well. You did well. I haven't heard the the second one, but uh, I'll get to hear it as soon as as it's published. I just haven't had the time, which I'll I'll briefly touch on why I've been absent from the podcast. But uh, first, let's welcome our guest, who lately, um, ever since the day of the churches, um, it's been a while. But um, I know that lately he's been all over the news because he's been doing a fantastic job with getting back uh, our Urcha organization. But we'll talk about that. So welcome, Augie. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, good, good, good. Good to have you here. Did we lose him? No, no, I'm here. no he's here. Uh, we heard him. Good, 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 good. I didn't, but Frank just <laughs> okay. doesn't listen, doing? that's all. Good, good, good. And you, Augie? Great, man. Pretty good. Pretty good back home. You know, after uh, a very um, busy uh, Ercha and uh, post-Ercha and all that stuff, you know. So, yeah. When did you get home? Actually, I was planning on being home on Sunday. But based on certain events that happened, I extended my stay to Monday because I needed to go and uh, talk to the litigation department of the law firm that I had hired. So mm-hmm. I had to stay an extra day, and uh, so I went, I came back on Tuesday. So, cool. Yeah. That was a long yeah. trip for you then. Oh, yeah, very long, because I, I, <laughs> I went there on Sunday of the previous week, you know, so I ended up being there for nine days. So It's a long trip, long time to be yeah. away. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. We'll get into, into all of that into a lot of detail. 
But uh, let's first go through our weeks, shall we? So who raises their virtual hand and says, hey, I want to go first? I think you should because... No, I think, Javier, you should because yours is the only one that doesn't have anything involving with the Urcha Jamboree. Well, you're right. You're right. I'm I'm the only non-Urcha podcast member today, which kind of sucks. I know. And you live the closest, by the way. I know, I know, I know, yes. but, um, you, you don't have, you have no idea how many people ask me, where's Javier? How come Javier is not here? Where's Javier? I was, I was Javier needs to be me. here. Why is he not coming? I was there when somebody asked you that question. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ap- apologies to, to everyone who listens to us. Um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been. It's been crazy. So, you know, I'll just briefly go over, you know, what's been my past two months. Um, most of it was not flying, but I'll get to the flying part. So, um, well, first, uh, during, during basically all of June, um, I had family here. You know, I had my, uh, brother-in-law and sister-in-law and their kids. Then their kids stayed over for a few more weeks. So we had, you know, a full house and it was crazy and, um, it was very fun. Um, we actually took a trip to Canada. We drove up the way to Niagara Falls to take the family to visit there. So it was pretty cool. So we had a very good time, but you know, basically all of, all of June got wasted there. Um, then, uh, July, I was basically leaving three weeks on Minnesota because, um, I've, um, kind of, I guess you could call that I've been promoted. Doesn't really feel like being promoted <laughs> because, you know, the, my, my income hasn't really increased that much, but, um, but you know, I I did get a different responsibility in the company, so um, uh, so now I get to lead a project, and the f- the first part of said project involves you know uh, installing a piece of a big piece of software on um, on one of our facilities in Benson, Minnesota. So I basically got to, st- to spend three weeks there to practical practically all of July, you know, working on that project, working with the business gathering requirements. So there goes also uh, basically my July. Then precisely when uh, when I was gonna go when I was gonna be set to go to Ercha, um, my my two sons, which are very involved in activities at our at our church, um, you know the church, and I didn't know you know how big the church group is, but they have like a big event um, in uh, this year. They had it in, in Ohio. And they basically, you know, they compete, you know, they do drama, they do music of of several different instruments, they do, you know, sermon, preaching, of course, you know, they they do a lot of of activities and a lot of contests. So my two sons uh, passed on to, you know, that was the national level, so churches from all over the country. So uh, they both passed to, to, you know, to the, to the national level. So we decided to actually go and um, and see them at the award ceremony in case that one of them actually got to got to win something. So my um, my youngest son uh, did a pretty good job, but overall the group, the drama group he was in, he was involved in, didn't make the final three. Um, I think they made fifth. Um, the the drama group that my oldest son participated in actually won first place at national level and my older son who plays the cello finished third in the nation which was pretty big achievement 
So, you know, it was, it was very good to see them. So that's actually why I couldn't go to Urcha. Of course, I had to, um, you know, go and, uh, and, and encourage my young ones to, to, to try to advance themselves. So, so, you know, that's in a recap, everything that I've been doing that hasn't been related to helicopters, which has impeded me from, you know, doing podcasting and helicopters. Um, but more recently, um, actually, Starting from the weekend of Urcha, I've started flying back again. Actually, that Saturday, I was I was very bummed because I was flying here at my club. Well, you know, everyone was flying at Urcha, but you know, it was worth it to do, to go to Ohio. And um, you know, I took I took everything out to to try to start testing out the, all everything that I have on the fleet. So I flew the the four twenty body, I flew the five hundred Sport, the five seventy Drake. And of course, the uh, KSC RAW. And now I've found that I'm battling with tail authority issues. So um, the actually the worst of them being the KSE. So I'm uh, I'm working on that. Um, I reached out to Steve Yun from the Freefall RC podcast, and um, you know, big kudos to him. You know, he told me, "Hey, let's FaceTime and let me take a look at it." You know, he took a look at the heli from the you know from from the video from from the phone. Um, we did some changes to the pitch of the tail. Uh, we centered the, basically we centered the pitch of the tail. And then I went out the next weekend to fly the, and I found that at least the 500 was very fi- far off. Uh, the KSC 700 also was very far off. The 570 and the 420 were, were very good. Um, so I flew them again and I think it's a combination of, you know, rustiness and, uh, both in the hell is not being flown and me. Um, the 420, I think it felt really well, uh, felt really, really, really well. I still don't feel like it's where I want it. You know, the tail authority is still not where I want it, but it flew very well. Um, I actually have a video of that, um, of that video of that flight, uh, that went live, uh, I think Sunday on my YouTube channel. The, uh, the one for the 500 went live today. And the one for the 570 will go live on Thursday. So those three helicopters flew very well. Um, the 500 with the changes that Steve uh, suggested felt much better, but still the tail is not locked in. But the KSE definitely has, has an issue that I haven't been able to pinpoint. It has a very bad, uh, slow wag. And, you know, of course I've gone over all the mechanics. I've actually put brand new thrust bearings in it. And I just can't get that wacko away. You know, everything is bar smooth. I've checked the tail several times. You know, I've disassembled it to, to, you know, to assemble the, the, the thrust bearings. I regreased everything. I rechecked everything. Everything is super smooth. Everything moves as they should. You know, the pitch of the lights now is in zero. The push tail rod is the correct length. You know, I can't seem to find a reason why the, that helicopter is behaving that way. So I have to keep on to keep on working on it. Um, no amount of tuning seems to help it. So it would point to a mechanical issue, but I don't really know what to do because you know the tail feels, you know, correctly built, you know, and uh, and smooth. So I really don't know what what I'm doing wrong. So I'll I'll keep on working at that. I have two more events that I hope to be going in September. So. Um, in one of those events, I hope to meet up with uh, someone that maybe can take a look at it and help me. And and uh, hopefully he's a good, experienced uh, BVAR guy. 
that can point me in the right direction. Maybe I'm just doing something stupid and, uh, and I just need to, to hopefully fix something, uh, that, that is very easy. I, I'm really hoping, but I'll see. I'll see what happens. But that's, um, <clears throat> that's a quick recap, you know, of what I've been doing. Um, I've been also, well, I ordered a set of blades. I'm basically standardizing on RT blades. The, um, the only one that will be left after this final order is a 420. So right now I have the, uh, the 420 on the, on the SAB, uh, what are they? Um, Thunderbolt plates, I think they're called, uh, the ones that came standard with a 420. They actually fly really good. I'm not really inclined to change them. Um, they're flying really, really well. I'm really liking how that helicopter is feeling. Actually, I feel it's the best flying helicopter of my fleet right now. So it does have RT tail blades. The uh, 500 Sport, I changed the switch that had some nicks on the blades, um, an issue that I had a very long time ago. Um, I repaired them with epoxy, but I didn't feel that they were, uh, that they were good. You know, I, I, you know, they flew well and, you know, they're hanging on pretty well with the, with the, you know, I used the five minute epoxy and it was working great and it's just nicks. I mean, it's not too bad and it's just up at the, at the, at the, at the root of the blades, uh, but not near the hole or anything. I mean, the, the, the blades don't feel really compromised, but I still wanted to just be safe. So I, I changed them for RT blades. So the 500 has, has RT mains, but switch tails. Um, the, the, uh, 570 right now has the Azure blade that, uh, Paul, uh, that Paul gave to me that have been flying very well. But I also, I feel that the, that the helicopter fl flew better because I originally had it with RTs. So I ordered a set of RTs. So now the 570 will have RTs, mains and tails. And also with, with those, I ordered the tail blades for the 500 as well. So the only blades that I will, that I will have that are not RT will be the main blades of the 420. But, um, you know, as I said, um, they're out of stock. I'm out of money. <laughs> and, uh, and anyways, I mean, I don't feel that they need to be changed. I do feel that, that the ones that I ordered do need to, ch to be changed. I, I, I liked the 570 more on RTs. So I'm going to try those. And, um, and the switch blades that I have are on, on the tail of the 500 are working well. But they, um, you know, they were in a crash. They're not compromised in any way, but I still just want to change them. So I'm taking the, the opportunity to basically standardize all my blades. So that's, uh, that's about it. So that's, uh, that's a quick recap, uh, that I've done. Um, I mean, lately I've been a little bit more, uh, trying to catch up on the hobby. So trying to do a little bit more on the hobby. I still, I still feel like I'm, two steps behind of where I was last season as far as progression. And mostly because I'm, I'm not feeling confident with the tail um, because the tail authority is just not there. I, um, I don't want to push it. So I feel, I feel like I'm not able to do the maneuvers correctly. You know, I'm having a hard time getting into, you know, regular funnels. I just did one flight on the 500 right at the end which is the one that went live today uh, with a little bit of a couple revolutions and funnels. Um, it didn't feel quite right. didn't feel locked in. So I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to push it too much. And I was starting to fly backwards inverted circuits, um, you know, last season. And I haven't those, d done those at all. Uh, again, because I feel like the control is just not there. Uh, you know, the, the tail feels 
like it's not holding on correctly. Uh, every time I do TikToks, I can see and feel the tail that is moving. Um, when I, when I do any, any motion like, um, you, you know, like a circuit or like, uh, for some reason I'm able to do without much issues, uh, nose down funnel. I don't know why, but you know, it feels, I feel very confident doing nose down funnels, but I don't feel as confident doing tail down funnels for some reason. But I don't feel like when I'm doing the, the nose down funnels that I feel really confident in. I don't feel like I'm doing consistent, uh, a consistent, a consistent size of the circle because I, because I can't get the tail to feel right. Um, uh, because I, I feel like I, I have to keep, keep uh, working on it a lot to try to keep it. So, um, so I'm not happy with that, with, with the tail performance. So hopefully I can, I can get someone that can help me out to try to understand what I'm doing wrong. Maybe it's something that I'm doing wrong overall in all helis in, in Vivar setup or something it has to be something it has to be something. And hopefully it's just something very dumb that I just need to quickly fix and get the helicopters feeling as locked in as I expect them to be so that uh, hopefully I can start progressing again. So I guess that's, uh, that's it. Um, that was, uh, you know, very quickly a rundown of, uh, what I've been doing lately why I haven't been podcasting or flying as much and how I've been getting slowly back into the hobby. So I have a couple questions. Sure. First of all, have you considered a different helicopter brand? <laughs> uh, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but actually in all serious, have you ever had, when's the last time you had somebody else actually fly one of your helicopters and, uh, you know, and maybe, and actually look at it. Like, do you not have anybody nearby that can actually test fly it? That's got some experience and can test fly it. And, and maybe they can just look at it with another set of eyes. Yes. Well, I did that once, but it was like, I don't know. I think it was even before COVID. I don't remember. Um, I had, uh, Patrick who's wiki. Uh, I don't know. You probably heard the name. He's, uh, one of the pro pilots. He, uh, he used to leave on the Chicago area, but then he moved, I don't know where he moved to another part of the country, but he used Florida. to, so, oh, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. He moved yeah, to yeah. Florida. So, um, he got, he attends Embry-Riddle or he attended Embry-Riddle. One of those. Okay. Things. Yeah. So he's, he's a very, very good pilot and he used to attend the fun flights that I used to attend to. Well, I'm trying to get back to attend to on the Chicago area. And uh, he flew my heli once and he gave me a food pointers and, um, you know, but I haven't had that experience again from, from someone else. And I think that I'm now at a point where I know exactly how they should be. You know, my, you know, my progression has gotten to the point where I, I know what I'm looking for. So yeah, it would be a perfect opportunity for now for someone to take a look at it, um, which is what I'm hoping for on the next fun flies, at least on the Chicago one that I'm going to go. Um, mm -hmm. the blade guys usually go there. Uh, this guy, oh my gosh, what's his name? Um, the one that flies Oxy, that, uh, the, the, the guy from, um, uh, the one that does the vinyls for the V controls. Um, gosh, I forgot his name, but, um, you know, there's, there's a couple of, of really good pilots that maybe can help me out. Um, mm -hmm. so we'll okay. see, we'll see, we'll see. I'll, I'll try. I, I kind of think that's what you need right now is I think you need somebody else to actually put their hands on the helicopter 
take a look, close look at it and maybe even fly it and just to see, because has the tail actually blown out on you at all? It did once, um, um, on the, the, uh, on the 420 on a funnel, it was very, very scary. <laughs> and, uh, it, it blew out on me. I was miraculously, miraculously able to save it, but uh, that was an Urcha. That was the last Urcha that I attended. And, uh, Kevin McGrady helped me and we changed the tail endpoints on the VVAR to be closer together. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that stopped, you know, that fixed it. But then when I talked with Steve, he told me to, to try to just center what, when, 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 you know, because I, I was under the assumption that basically if you go, if you do that, if you, if you modify your push tail road length, to be so that the points on the VVAR are very close together. You know, the midpoint will be basically zero pitch, but apparently that's not the case. So, um, so what, so what, uh, Steve told me is to instead try to seek that, uh, the pull, the push tail rod length should be so that when it's at zero, it should be zero pitch. So that's a modification that I made now, which made the endpoints farther together, farther apart, um, from each other. But, you know, the 420 is flying really, really good. As I said, you know, I think that that one can be fixed with tuning. I think that that one is flying really, really well, and that, and that one just needs tuning. The the KSC is the one that I'm lost. I don't know. I don't know what to do with it. But the the 420, I think that it's very close. It's very close, and it could be that it, it's perfect, and it just needs tuning. Um, the other helis, um, you know, as I progress more in size, oddly, they get worse. <laughs> Which I don't understand, but um, but but hopefully, uh, you know, as you said, I can find someone that can that can take a look at it. Uh, as you said, maybe even fly it and uh, try to figure out uh, what that issue is. I'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed, fingers and toes. You should have come to Urcha. There would have been lots of people to help you with. That. Uh, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And you Steve, know you're going to hear Steve, that a lot this, this, I know, this today, I know. Right? <laughs> and Steve told me, you know, you, sh you should have come to Urcha. You know, we would have fixed this in five minutes. I said, I know, I know. But, you know, I, I, you know, I, I have to be honest. You know, I, I looked at my son get on the podium and I really wanted him to, to go and perform his, um, his piece because the ones that win on that competition actually get to perform on stage. On, and, you know, stage was the nationwide arena in Ohio, which is a pretty big venue. So it was, it would, it would have been pretty awesome to see them, but he actually got on this on, 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 because they won the drama. We actually got to see them perform at the nationwide arena with their drama. So that was pretty cool. So I have to admit that, you know, I had to, I have to do one thing for another. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty rewarding to be there in Ohio with my two kids. Um, but yeah, I, I still, I still miss Dercha. I, I still wish that I could do, you know, all things at once, but I, I just couldn't. But yeah, I know, I know that, that, you know, there, there probably I would have come back with my helicopters fixed, but oh well. And I will say too, cause you've shared some videos of your son playing cello and your son is definitely pretty darn good at it. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you. But thank you. You're, you're still going to, you're still going to get razzed an awful lot today about not being an Urcha. I know. Like it or not. <laughs> I know. Right, Frank? I know. I know. Yeah, I know. For sure. You know, <laughs> he didn't, he, he, you know, he just doesn't want to hang out with me. He didn't come to my event this year. You know, he didn't come to Urcha. I feel like, you know, I, I'm not going to take things personal because I usually don't do that. But man, you're really starting to get on my nerves. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You are. You are. We're going to, we're going to have a long discussion about this. We're going to see, you know, your year, your year end review is going to not be so good because you've been gone so long. But <laughs> question, we understand question your it. dedication. Fam- family comes first. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All righty. So that's, uh, that's a wrap for me, unless you have more questions or comments or, um, or some stones wanting to throw at me. At me. <laughs> no, no, got nothing, got nothing to throw on you. You know, I know that <laughs> I'm good for the moment. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, so who's next? Darren, you go ahead. I'll go after you. Me. All right. Yeah. Well, I did attend. I did get to fly. I attended this tiny little local event called the Urcha Jamboree. There's only a couple of people there. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I did make it to Urcha for the first time ever in my life. And it was awesome. Um, oh, you know, I, I will, for, for my week's stuff here, I'll just go and say this. I did ship my helis down to Andy Ross. Thank you, Andy, for, for all that you did for me, for, uh, for accepting my bring, you know, bringing my helicopters with you to, to the event and, and for shipping them back. I don't have them back yet. They're, they were, I shipped them via FedEx. They are scheduled to arrive tomorrow. So for, uh, all the listeners, we are recording today on August 22nd and, yeah, my helicopters are scheduled to arrive August 23rd tomorrow. So hopefully they all arrive safely and we will, uh, we'll see. Um, they didn't arrive in Tennessee in as perfect condition as I thought they would. Uh, it turns out I didn't pack it as well as I thought I did. And the battery tray for the XL power somehow got jammed inside from with the pin. And I had to, Andy and I actually had to force the thing out and it actually did a little bit of minor, minor damage to the tray where I can now, if I'm not careful, I can actually push the battery tray right through the helicopter. The pin doesn't stick in the hole, in the slot perfectly. It, it, it was good enough for me to safely fly for the event, but I'm not going to, I don't want to keep it that way. I don't like that. So I'll have to go and order a new battery tray. And then one of the tail blades ended up breaking on the XL power as well, which was easy enough. Uh, um, what's his, the, the XL power dealer that was at the event. I can't remember what his name is there. Scott Lower um, at Cajun aircraft. Yes. Yes. So he had some tail blades there. Scott Lower had some tail blades. So I went and bought a new set of tail blades and stuck them on and that worked perfectly. And the logo 690, I can't brought along too. the battery tray. There's always a little, they, they go and, you know, cut a little hoop on the front of the battery tray to help pull the batteries out of the helicopter. And just that little hoop broke off the battery tray. So that wasn't the end of the world either. Um, I did end up having a non-shipping related issue with the logo. So the logo, I tried flying it once the tail started whipping around on me. So. I just autoed it and landed it and I did figure out what it is. It's the pitch slider was, is the problem. I had crashed the helicopter before going to the event and it turns out the, 
the pitch slider that I put on there, it was actually a used pitch slider. And uh, apparently that pitch slider wasn't in very good shape. So I'll have to order a new one. So that wasn't any big deal. It was a safe landing. But other than that, everything else really that I did was related directly to Urcha. So uh, I'll wait till we actually start talking about the event with that. Urcha was awesome. I loved it. And yeah, Frank, why don't you go with the what you've done a little bit quickly? So let's go back. I flew from, uh, after a very difficult day at work, I flew to Indianapolis. At like, I got there like at 12 o'clock at night. I had a Brandon Lee, a uh, fellow team pilot from Excel Power, and just all around good dude, pick me up and then drive me to the Urcha Jamboree where I stayed in an RV on site. Uh, Thursday morning, I kind of, I wake up a little grousy, you know. The first thing I do, I get dragged into an RV by a few guys and they offered me a shot. So that kind of started <laughs> out the morning pretty good. It was very good. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to name names. You know, I'm not going to say names because I'm just, I'm not going to snitch on anybody, but I have, I have some really nice friends that love to see me drunk. So that was like the first thing. And then I had to go meet Ra and Cindy for the first time ever after being on the team for almost January would be three years. So, uh, that was a great experience. We had a lot of fun. This, uh, Urcha was awesome. I have no complaints about it. No complaints that are worth talking about. So let's say it like that. Oh, I have one big complaint. I have one huge complaint, but we'll get back into that later. Okay. So that was Thursday. Thursday, I got to meet him, hang out, you know, I, uh, Got to walk around a little bit. Got to see some people. Went to dinner with the with the XL Power team. That was a really cool experience. You know, we got to talk a lot, uh, make fun of each other. It was it was good times. You know, Raw and Cindy, they're like they're like long lost cousins to me now. You know, they're they treat me like family, and I try to treat them the same way. Friday, uh, good times. Got to do a little flying. Did some crashing. I I. I didn't re-kit it because of the crash. I re-kit it because the rest of my teammates stole parts from my heli. So it's okay. I destroyed <laughs> one of my uh, uh, my enemy. Yeah, but, but okay. you were stealing it, parts from other guys' helis too. <laughs> I was not actually. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take. I borrowed some tools, but I didn't take any anybody's parts. Well, they weren't for your helicopter. Oh no, no, no! no. <laughs> That's true. That's true. If you leave if you leave it laying around, I ask, hey, is this belong to everybody? You get about <laughs> two or three times of that, and they're like, all right, you can take this part. You know, especially knowing that all the guys at the booth were team guys, so I would have got him. I would have got him a replacement if it was that big of a deal. <laughs> I got to see the so all day Thursday, Diego Ars built the his Nimbus Nitro. So I got to see kind of how it went. And then all day Friday, uh, no, not all day. I think Nick West and Ra killed, uh, finished up the second one, uh, in about like four hours. We had some, we had some issues because some of the parts were 3D printed or, you know, there were a 3D printed fuel tank that wasn't holding the fuel. So it didn't really work like that. Uh, so we had to do a little MacGyvering to make it work and we actually took, uh, a friend of ours, uh, N556 tank and 
turn that and make that work. So we were able to get some flights on that. So that was pretty cool. And then, uh, Saturday we had the, our, uh, demo hour, which didn't go as planned. It started and stopped raining a few times and the music, uh, lacked some effort this year to say it that way. And I, um, but yeah, we, it was great. You know, I got, to, we got to see a lot of people. I got to meet some really interesting people. Some people we're going to have on the podcast. Uh, Kenny Co. I got to hang out with Kenny a lot. Very good people. I actually got to take home, um, his, uh, pipe. And that sounds so bad. This is so funny. I uh, know he, his night, his new nitro pipe. I'm very excited about it. It's very similar to Oratory. Uh, I'll be testing it out next weekend at, uh, Heli Extravaganza. And I got to hang out with Danny Wong. He'll be on the podcast uh, next month. He's actually preparing for his event right now. So I can imagine the stuff he's going through right now. But he was a great, great person. Got to meet uh, Hiroko Ito. Did I say that right, Uh, Augie? Hiroki Ito. Hiroki Ito, right? I got to meet him, and I've always admired him so much, even from back in the days at JR. You know, he was like that that one guy that really knew how to put it down. And he was, he, he did multiple disciplines and he flew 3d and he F3C guy also an Excel power team pilot. So makes me very happy and very proud to say that I get to sh- share a brand with a gentleman like that. Um, who else? Who else? I got to hang out with Nick and that's always fun. You know, learn a lot from him. We kind of ripped on stuff on each other this year, which was great. Um, what else? Got to spend some time with Mr. Augie, even though I let him down a bit because I didn't have the, I, we didn't prepare the auto competition the way we should have, but we'll get that resolved for next year for sure. And yeah, I was that, disappointed in that too because I wanted to participate in an auto contest. I know, man, and I'm sorry. I will, I will make sure that next year we have it all resolved and ready to go. Um, and who else did I get that I, that I met? You know, I got to meet, uh, well, that's that's about it. And the night festivities Friday night were great. You know, uh, like always, Vincent doesn't disappoint. I don't know how he does it. He comes in every year and throws a massive party for us at the end. And thank you so much to him. You know, he uh, he always ribs me a little bit, but he's a good dude. Uh, I think they're all of them. Um, great, great, just great at everything he does. Super happy uh, to be friends with him. And had some, we found this one diner where me and Darren went with Chris and Brandon. Um, that was good food, wasn't it, Darren? Yeah, that was actually the second time I was there. I was actually there earlier in the week, too. Um, yeah, I ate, I ate with there Steve every and morning. Andy and those guys. Yeah, it was yeah, a good diner. I ate though. there every morning. It was awesome. And then I uh, went to sleep Saturday at 11.30 and I was up at 1.30. So we could be in Indianapolis by, uh, no, it was 2.30. It was 2.30 when we left. And then an hour drive. So we'd be there two hours before my flight at six in the morning. Oh. And I got back here in Miami by nine. I was home by 9.30 and I took a nap and I woke up by like four in the afternoon. And then I just hmm. started looking at emails from work. Uh, so that's cool. That was my Urcha trip. Great, great fun. I had a lot of, a lot of, I enjoyed it a lot. It was a very good time. And I look forward to going next year. Cool. 
and that's and that's about it for me. Um, I'm building another V2 or enemy. I'll have it ready for next week. I hope. All right. Okay, that was pretty good. Um, so it seems like you guys had a pretty good time. Oh, oh yeah, I got lots more to talk about with Urcha yet, but. Uh... All right. Yeah, go, so, go for it. Well, Augie, what have you been doing just the last, you know, since Urcha? Have you done anything in the hobby since Urcha? Um, yeah, I'm back my helis and uh, went to fly them. I went to fly this weekend. I don't know if you saw the. What I posted, <clears throat> I posted a picture of my new raw, uh, black, I'm sorry, white and orange. And, um, yeah, I, <clears throat> I love that helicopter. It's, it's really nice. And, um, so I, I was testing it because, uh, I didn't take that one to Urcha because it wasn't ready. So when I came back, it was ready because, uh, a friend of mine, Ryan Bertfield, was uh, building it for me because I really have no time with it work. I, I am overloaded with work. So he's been helping me uh, building and fixing my helis. And uh, so I had, he actually was the one who made made it possible for me to take helis to Erta, but uh, I couldn't use them because I couldn't fly. I was too busy with a lot of stuff was going on and I couldn't fly. But when I came back and uh, I had the itch, you know, so I said, no, I'm going to, you know, unpack everything from the golf case. And I built all of them. And because uh, I, I didn't even fly it after he fixed them. So I went and did the whole setup at the field, you know, having, you know, it, our field is very nice. Uh, you guys know it is the one for its homage. And the guys that are the field are also super nice. And, you know, we get together and, <clears throat> we were talking and you know fixing the, uh, adjusting the heli setting it up and all that stuff <clears throat> and I was able to set up four helicopters and and fly them and test fly them all <clears throat> sorry uh, because uh, I wanted to have them ready for the heli extravaganza where it's the place where I'm going to get it out of my system all of the flying that I couldn't do in Irsa I'm going to do it at the Extravaganza and the extravaganza, extravaganza is one of the best fun flights there is. I don't know if you guys have ever been to that one. It is uh, done at the, oh yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing facility. It's a, I don't know if you have ever seen in the AMA, uh, magazine, the journal event. Um, it's a massive event that happens at the triple tree aerodrome in South Carolina. And the facilities are, you know, nothing equals to that in the whole world. There's no place like that in the, for the RC events. And <clears throat> the helicopter section, which is in the south side of that, that where we go and have the, the helicopter, right there you have the whole flight line is full of power. You know, you, you set up your tent and you simply plug your, your stuff and there's a power little pole with powers everywhere, you know, so you can uh, do that. You don't need uh, generators. Then uh, the, um, the location, uh, the, it's, it's buildings, you know, very well developed area. And they have a pilot, um, lounge that is air conditioned. If you feel hot, you just go in, go in and there's a whole bunch of sofas and everything else. So people get together and have fun, you know, talk and, you know, get refreshed. 
And, uh, and then you have 40 showers, 40 full night showers, 40 full nice restrooms right there. So if you are camping, you have power, you have showers, you have restrooms, you have AC if you're hot. Uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing place. So, uh, last time Frank, uh, had, uh, rented an RV. And I had rented a um, an Airbnb, but I saw the wisdom of uh, his approach because he he could do well, he could be at the at the at the field and you know have some drinks and everything else. He wouldn't have to worry about driving. And uh, I thought about it. So like ah, you know what? This year let's do this RV. So I got myself a a huge RV. And that's where we're gonna stay at. So I can uh, party with uh, my buddy here. <clears throat> Frank and uh, have fun, you know. So I'm going to be on a full enjoyment mode. I've had had enough drama for the rest of my life, I believe. <laughs> 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 Jesus, Horatio Christ, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have my. Uh, I don't know which ones are going to have because I have. Uh. I'm probably I'm going to take the the Sab Raw, the 700, the new one, and the. Uh, by the way, I I I actually crashed. This is this is the part, the funny part. I had not crashed for two years, and in one day I crashed three times. Ooh, so, <laughs> yeah, and this is how it happened. It's hilarious. <clears throat> I have been trying to do this maneuver. I don't know if you have ever seen a Sakarin CD. Doing a corkscrew, which people call it the pirouetting uh, TikTok. It's not that. It's a corkscrew. But he rotates it around its vertical axis. So he's doing it and does a complete 360 degrees. And now, like uh, Kenny Cole and, you know, everybody else is, is, you know, all the top pilots are doing it. And I have been able to do that in the scene for a long time. But I never tried it in the real life, you know. And I said, you know, you got to try it. And uh, so I started doing it, and uh, first one I was like almost done and and missed uh, uh, an input and crashed it because I was doing it low. And I said, "Ah, what the hell? Let's let's get another one." Yes, but you know I had the heli there, so I went and and did the same thing, you know. And I did it. I did two turns, third turn, you know. So I'm talking about turns around the axis. Third turn, I again miss uh, an input and crash it. You know, it's like God. And I said, well, now that I, now I know how to do it, yeah, <laughs> foolish me. <laughs> I go, I said, okay, let me get my, <clears throat> my V2 and I, you know, go fly it. And I did it again. So I went ahead and did the whole thing again. Did a few more. They were like five turns. But again, <clears throat> I ran out of talent. <laughs> Put it in the, in the ground. <laughs> The thing that, that 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 bothers me is that you know the the V two is the one that I it's I, I spag that thing left and right because it's a helicopter that is cheap to fix you know and that and the Tron are the ones that are cheap to fix so I I always usually abuse those those two you know but the problem is that that one was so bad it was a rickit so I couldn't have oh, it wow. because I wanted to take yeah it was bad it was. So, so when we added up the amount, uh, it was $641 in spare part. I said, ah, it doesn't make any sense to, to get that. I might as well just get a kit. 
And that's what I did. I ordered it and I have to build my V2 again, you know? So, um, yeah, that, that, that's why I'm not going to bring my, my V2 to, uh, to the, uh, Helix, you know, the extravaganza. And, uh, kind of, kind of, kind of sad because I always like to, to bring the, that, that's the heli that, that makes me not worry about anything. And, uh, you know, the one that you fly with abandon, you know, completely like, who cares? This thing is going to be cheap to fix. That one and the, and the Tron. And, uh, so yeah, that's what happened. And, ah, uh, I'm not going to be, and then I have, Mr. Doritos here, that's going to get upset at me because I'm not bringing the, uh, the Excel power. Is that right? Uh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's all right, dude. You're, you're Team Tron. I know how that is, you know. <laughs> we, we lost you. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know that. I know that, <laughs> I know that you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah. He's always, sure. he, he's always making me feel bad about it. So, I'm always making um, you feel bad. You, you see how you make <laughs> me feel, you know? No love. Uh, come no on, love. come on. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. <laughs> let, let, me, let me bring the violence and, and we can have a, a cry together and everything. <clears throat> so, so when he has a few drinks, I know what's going to happen. If he has a few drinks at the, at the, uh, um, uh, Heli, uh, extravaganza, I will never hear the end of it. But oh, no. I know him. Oh, yeah. I know. I know how it's going to be. He and, uh, and, uh, and Chris, Chris Knott is going to be on my case. Both of them. Oh, They're oh, going yeah. to attack him, you know. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know. Uh, oh, I yeah. Know. And, know. and the best part is Augie always brags that he flew XL before I did. Yes, so. I did. And he <laughs> used to make fun of me because he was a SAB blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, get an XL power. And, 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 and that thing is, is awesome. And he's like, no, this and that. And now he's, he's like flying them and he likes it. I told him, you know, that, that, that every helicopter right now is good. I mean, there's, I don't think there is any helicopter yes. that is not every single one of them. It's, it's outstanding. All of them. I, yep. it, you, just, you, you just do whatever you want. You choose your poison and, and you will have fun with any brand. <clears throat> and that, that goes to you, Darren, because you have this aversion to the SAB. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. And I, and even I am willing to admit uh, the SAB helicopters are good helicopters. Exactly. Yeah. I don't like there them. Okay. I okay, don't okay, like okay. them, oh, but oh, they are good okay. helicopters. Please, please repeat this for the record. What did you just said? They are good helicopters. I don't like them, but they are okay. good helicopters. You realize I'm going to, to play this <laughs> to everybody at the film flight this weekend because if I tell them, they will not believe you that you said those words, right? <laughs> I have said that on the podcast before. This, okay. this has, so, that has been said on the right, podcast right. before. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off with that one. So, so anyway, so that's the plan. The plan is for me to go to go to the uh, heli extravaganza and have a ton of fun. Oh, did 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 you uh, sign up for the sliding auto, uh, Frank? No, no, sir, no, sir, no interest. Why? 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 Because because I don't need to. You know, I don't need to wreck more helicopters. Why would you wreck it? It's, it's a sliding uh, auto. No, 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 no. I, I'm okay. I, I'll be all okay. right. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll figure out how to make you do it. So, no, okay. pre, pre, prepare for the peer pressure. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I, I'm good with that. Every yeah. time you every oh. time you come and ask me, I just I just bring up to you, you know, that you didn't bring an XL power, and then you're just, <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. I'm going to. <laughs> 
Yeah, but uh, I have a, a box, a box of pieces of, you know, Ryan Bradfield. He gave me a box when I arrived. He's like, here, this is the offering for the Excel Power God. <laughs> so this can probably fix a few additional ones. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. It was like, oh, you know, he cleaned everything up. And, you know, so I have a whole bunch of, of uh, parts that are good for spares. But there's no way I can fix that. I mean, I have to get a, a new kit, and that's what I did. I ordered one. So yeah, so that's uh, that's the plan. You know, I'm gonna uh, have fun, do everything I can to enjoy myself. You know, and get it out of the system. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Very nice. So what do you guys say if we get the drama out of the way and then we finish on a good note with all the fun that you guys had at Urcha? And uh, well, why I'm don't you talk about the fun that I had at Urcha? So, <laughs> so let's, why, why don't we, uh, you know, uh, why don't you poke, poke you in, 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 in the, um, in the arm a little bit, Augie, and, uh, ask you about all the drama. I know that you're sick of it. And I know that you've written very extensive posts, which I've read on Helifreak that I know people still read Helifreak. Um, no, they don't. Only but, you're uh, on Helifreak. Yeah, I am there. I'm there. I, I read, I read, um, you know, <laughs> I, I read Augie's post and it was very, very, um, educational. Uh, it really, it was very clear on what happened. Um, but, uh, but you know, I just wanted to, Give you a quick, uh, you know, quick, uh, forum, Augie, to just, uh, basically educate everyone on what happened at Ercha with all that drama, with all that meeting and, you know, everything that happened. And then we can jump back into all the fun and finish up with a good note yeah, on all I, the fun at, at Ercha. Yeah. I want to go back to that after that. Yes. Cause, uh, there was something that happened at this Ercha with the fun side that I want to talk about. I'm very excited about it. So. So we can start if you want with the drama side, and then we can go to the other side, which is the fun side. Yeah, okay, I think so, that's a good idea. Yeah. So let me give you a little bit because not everybody's up to to speed. So let me give you a little bit of a background. Back in 2022, right last year. Yep. I learned that our friend, our common friend, it's a friend of Frank and me, Angel Rojas, uh, had posted some information that he had gotten, I believe from the old president, Charles Anderson, <clears throat> about a case. Is it that or he was already following a case with uh, the public records of this case, which is uh, the case where the people of uh, Ercha filed a lawsuit against the old president of uh, Ercha. So uh, that happened because Previous to that, in 2018, they called me to, to, cause, um, they knew I was good friends with, uh, Charles um, Anderson because I used to be, well, I was the first, uh, platinum sponsor, uh, at Urcha. And then the same year, uh, Horizon joined me and everything else. So we had a very close relationship and became very good friends. So they said, uh, Ogi, can you find out about this missing money and all that stuff? So I was able to get that information from, from Charles. I spoke with him and I told him, you know, these are the things that can happen. Please provide all this information. He went ahead and provided that. So when that happened, uh, the board didn't do anything. They, they settled that out of court. 
in the sense that, well, not correctly, in the court. They offer a settlement to him, and he declined it. He said, I want to go to a to a trial because I, I believe that what I'm saying is true or something like that. So he went ahead and declined the, the, the offer for a settlement. And they were left uh, with nothing. You know, the Irsha people were left with nothing. And nothing but a, or a bill of uh, what I understand now apparently is around the $35,000 or something like that. I haven't been able to go through that because I've been too busy, but I will look into it and see exactly how much was spent. I know for sure 25000 was was spent, but I, apparently there's more than that <clears throat> based on information that I got from the old member uh, from from the board, Robert Monty, who had resigned in disgust, and uh, he was very upset and he resigned from the board. And he was one of, one of the reasons why I got involved in this because, you know, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, know how much of a um, stand-up guy he is. He's a very, very ethical person. And uh, for him to have resigned, uh, being that uh, annoyed by the whole situation, uh, it, it had a, a strong meaning to me. So what happened is that everything is calm, right? So they just, you know, they couldn't do it. They, they spend the money. Everything is quiet. And then Angel Rojas drops this humongous bomb by posting all of the insights of the lawsuit. And apparently he got uh, the depositions, the recording of the depositions were given to him by uh, Charles. Because Charles wanted people to learn what the depositions were about and what the answers for for the for for his questions were, and all that. And um, one of the things that people were confused about is that whether he had the right to do that or not. And uh, I always tell people you need to consult a lawyer because lawyers will explain to you what is uh, legal and what's not. So if the, the only p- person that is that is um, authorized to release. Uh, depositions is the uh, attorney uh, of record that uh, was taking those depositions. And it happens to be that, I don't know if you know this, but Charles Anderson defended himself. He didn't even hire a lawyer. He went ahead and defended himself and he ended up winning. It's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. You know, that's, that is very, I don't know how the other uh, lawyer felt, but I don't think that she felt too nice, uh, too well with that result, you know. So winning, you know, not winning really, getting, getting away with the, with being able to go through the whole thing and, and say no to the decline, the settlement proposal. And, you know, in his book, that's winning pretty much. So what, what happened was that everything was quiet. Like I said before, you know, there had been declined, but when, Angel Raw has posted that online. It was, well, you know, you guys know, all hell broke loose. And, uh, he poked the wasp nest and, you know, they came out. So it was a big brouhaha there and everybody was complaining and, and all kind of stuff, you know. So from my, from my point of view, this is my personal point of view, keeping that in mind, do not take this as any, any legal opinion or anything like that. I think that part of the things that were alleged there were true, part of them were not. Uh, so in reality, it is 
clearly impossible to know the actual truth because there are no records for the things that were alleged in there. But as far as that fight is concerned, whether it's uh, theft or something or whatever happened or didn't happen, there is no way to know. There is no way to find out. And one thing that he, that Angel posted very clearly, and people took it the wrong way, he said, keep in mind that I'm doing this as a journalist, like a journalist approach. I'm, I'm revealing this information, which is public record, and I'm making it uh, so that the community is aware of it, what, what's going on. And I don't have an opinion regarding all this, but uh, I think it would be a good idea for everybody to look at it and, and see what... Uh, what every every side is is alleging here. The people from from Urcha took it as he was a, um, agreeing with with uh, Charles Anderson, and that wasn't the case. He was simply reporting it. So, what happened is that now they are in a situation where they have to answer, you know, because before that it was all secret, and now it's all in the open. Now everybody's asking the question, everything else. And the one thing that mattered to me which is something that might explain a lot of things that I had to do, is that in this uh, information that was uh, revealed during this um, uh, lawsuit, I went ahead and I asked my lawyers to get me a copy of every single record from that. And uh, it was uh, a few hundred uh, filings. And... uh, in those filings, there was a lot of, but I mean, a lot of uh, things that were not done legally. So uh, during that that uh, time, I realized that Ursha was not being run legally, that uh, the bylaws were not being complied with, that the Indiana law was not being complied with, that the IRS status uh, was not uh, uh, active. It was an absolute mess. And I'm talking, I, I don't think there is any way to, to make it worse than what it was. Because every single thing that was supposed to be, to be done was not done. So out of all that stuff that was published, you know, all this, these allegations and anything else, the only thing that mattered to me was the legal aspect of it. And the reason why I know these things is because my job, I deal with this all the time. That's exactly the thing that I see all those. Uh, contracts, um, compliance and things like that. And I knew how serious this would be. And I thought, well, this can actually wreck the hobby and create a situation that would also embarrass a, the AMA and pretty much uh, do a lot of harm to, to our hobby. So I said, okay, let me uh, find out because they were alleging things. And I said, you know what? I'm going to run for the board so I have access to all the internal records and I'm going to find out for real, you know, what's going on. You know, I'm going to be able to get, you know, access to all the bank accounts, to all the records, to everything else. And that was my mission. That's exactly why I run for the board. And I said that during the, during my interview with uh, RCHN as well as several things, you know, I said, this needs to be fixed. I need to find out what's going on. And that, that's what I did. They were not happy that I ran and I won. I won by close to 90% of the vote. They wanted another person to win. Uh, somebody that uh, had been a uh, helper for, for the Urcha for many years. And, uh, but, uh, apparently the fact that, uh, there was uh, things to fix and people were aware that they were going wrong made it, uh, easier for me to take the majority of the vote. 
So they were forced to, to accept me. And I can tell you there was, it was a very, very, very tense uh, situation all the time with them. Every single time that we had a meeting, board meeting, there was some issue that I had to address and, uh, and tempers were flared and, uh, there were screams and, you know, yelling and all kinds of stuff that was happening because I was forcing issues that, uh, they didn't like. And, you know, some cases they, it was misunderstanding. Some cases it was simply, you know, difference of opinions, but I was always going to the law. And I forced the issues to become law, to become, to, to become, uh, sorry, um, to become, uh, compliant with the law for the organization. The first thing that I addressed with them was that the new company, uh, that was formed, uh, in, uh, January was formed without the knowledge of the board members. Uh, the treasurer, Greg Bradley, went and registered a company and because I had asked my lawyers to keep track on what was going on, they advised me that they had filed a company, a brand new company to replace the, to continue actually the, the, the organization. And then I called, um, one of the board members and I said, I see that you guys registered a new company, which one of the things that had been promised to Angel and me during a meeting I had and in the RV that Ursha has at the event back when they, when we had that drama that I had to, to go and fly, you know, the, the same day I learned about it when I flew to Ursha to prevent, uh, uh, tragedy, tragedy. I, I knew that, um, I had to go there to, to cool down the, the tempers, you know, and I was able to do that. So we had a, a meeting and they were, they promised a five points to Angel and me. And they had not complied with all of them. So finally, after several months, you know, from Ursha to January, that's when they finally uh, registered a company. But the problem is that he didn't tell them. So when I talked to uh, one of them and I said, uh, so I see that you guys, my lawyer, my lawyer, lawyers yeah, just told me that you guys finally filed this replacement for, for the ERTA, which was uh, dissolved by the state of Indiana because they did not file any paperwork during eight years or something like that. So after five years, the state of Indiana will not let you renew the company, reactivate the company. So they had to do it uh, brand new. I tell this guy and he says, what are you talking about? And I go like, what do I mean? What am I talking about? It is in the state records that you guys filed and, and finally did what are the promises that you guys promised us during that meeting. He said, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then he went ahead and talked to another board member. And the other board member didn't know about it. Then the other one talks to the other board member and none of them knew that they had registered a new company. And I said to them, this is madness. I cannot believe that you learned that you have a new company because I tell you, that makes no sense. That's absolutely bonkers. And uh, so they finally talked to Craig and Craig said, yeah, you registered that. And one of the, thing, the things, you know, the first, like I said before, in the first meeting I had, I addressed that issue with him. And I told him it is extremely illegal to file a company and put 
people in the company without their knowledge. They're making them liable. Say, so you cannot do that. You just simply cannot. You have to ask for permission from the people and they have to agree that they are going to be part of that company. You cannot do that. He also uh, um, signed up um, the uh, executive director of AMA without his knowledge. Uh, he wasn't too happy. And uh, so now we have uh, Chad Boudreau there as, uh, as uh, the member, the, the, the person that receives uh, any lawsuits or anything like that from from uh, anybody that, that wants to send some legal papers to Urcha. And then you got all these people that were not consulted, whether they agreed to be on his paperwork, the whole thing. And he kept uh, fighting me and started yelling at me. And I yelled back at him and said, you don't understand you did a crime. You are not able to do that. You are not supposed to do that. You cannot fire that. And, and, and I'm going to tell you and warn you, if you ever do anything like that with me, I will sue you. So make it clear that, that, so, so, so this is the kind of meetings that I had. And, um, so it was, it was always a fight. Many times we had meetings that were that were you know nice and everything else, but uh, many of them were very very um, tense and very stressed, stressful. Can, so, can I interrupt uh, you for a second here? Yeah, Obi? go ahead. Go ahead. I, I got a question here because you know, being a, a Canadian, I, I don't yeah. know all, all how all the laws work down in the U.S. for you guys. So, right. I have a question: Why is it so important to have Urcha registered as this company like that? Like, it, okay. it, can you not operate a club without registering something like that or an organization small, you know, or a, okay. any organization without being that? Yeah, I, that is a very good question. There's two reasons mainly. The first one is liability. If you don't operate as a company, the people that are running the event or the club or the phone flag or the whatever are personally liable. So people can actually go after them like their houses and their cars, their, their job uh, salaries and things like that. So in order to prevent that, you have to shield yourself by having an entity uh, that is that has a limited liability so that uh, anything that happens, uh, the people can go against that uh, entity with its assets and, and its uh, insurances and things like that. So that's okay. the first uh, thing. The second thing that is very important, and this is paramount, is that this needs to be a non-profit organization. And Nonprofit requires a company. You cannot do that as a person. Person cannot be nonprofit. So, so you have, uh, why do you have to have it as a nonprofit? Because otherwise anything that you collect for entries of phone flights or things like that are, are assumed to be income. And then that income is reported on, on the K or the uh, 1099s or the, or, you know, or with a distribution of profits. To people and the IRS assumes that you're making money and you're not paying taxes. So you can oh, get in trouble. Okay. So this okay. is actually required to have that oh, if you want to do that without having problems. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Thanks. Okay. So going back to where we were. So, um, there was a, <clears throat> so it was a series of, of, uh, of meetings. It was a stressful re relationship with the, with the board, but the thing is that they knew that there was somebody with the will and the means to take legal action. And that was what made the difference. 
they knew that if things got to a point that I had to force a situation, I would gladly fund a, a legal action, lawsuit or whatever was needed. And that was always hanging on top of everybody's head that, you know, it is something that will happen whether you like it or not. We will become legally compliant. And I told them very clearly, no matter what anybody thinks, if this will happen. We will become legally compliant. So we went and did a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, uh, you, you, uh, another thing that, that I want to make sure people understand, because uh, we are, are going to have new elections and new nominations and things like that. People, please listen to what I'm going to say. This is no small potato. This is a very, very difficult and invested job. Being a part of the board of directors of Urcha requires a lot of work to the point that people resign because they cannot believe the amount of work. And you might not believe it right now, but when you go through that, you will learn that that is the case. So if you're going to nominate somebody or if you're going to vote for somebody, you have to make sure that that person has a long record of being useful in the hobby. People that run phone flights and have been running them for many years, people that have uh, skin in the game, people that have a lot of evidence that they will not drop the thing in the middle because it is extremely difficult and involved. Do not pick up people that are the people that you like because you like them, simply. You know, uh, a popularity contest will destroy Erja. Do not choose people because they are popular. Choose people that have seriously, seriously long records of helping people. That is what you want to do when you choose nominees or you vote for somebody. Please keep that in mind. This is extremely important. Otherwise, people like me have to get involved to get the whole thing fixed, and I do not want to do this again. So, going back to the thing. So, we went to a point that, well, I get reelected. I get elected, right? And th- what happens is this, you know, this is the part that people don't understand. They have an old, an old company, right? That got dissolved. Now they have a new company. And guess what? The old company, because it was dissolved, None of the board that belongs to the company belongs to the board of the new company. So guess what, people? I am the only board member of ERSA. That is it. Legally, we have only elected a single board member, and that is me. The only one authorized to do anything at ERSA is me, which I did not like, because then all the responsibility falls on one person. And so over the first thing that I said to them, and they didn't believe that. They didn't believe that. I kept telling them. I said, well, I, I have high-powered lawyers telling me these things, and, you know, you guys don't understand that this is important. You're not complying with the bylaws. We're not doing elections. Your terms were two years, and that was 10 years ago, or even longer, like in the case of Craig, 28 years ago. So in the year 28 and 27, you were a board member 26 years ago, you were not. You Your term expired. So you are squatting on this uh, director position, and you have no legal authority in 
even, even the old company. So now you have your people thinking that you have board members and they don't, they're not really board members because they have not been elected every two years. And now you have a new company that is not actually the, the, this, the, the, uh, the one that, uh, that replaces the new one because the, to, to, to become a replacement company, you need to do one thing, which is a resolution where you ask the members this question. Two questions. First question is, can we pass the assets of the old company to the new ones? And then the members need to approve that. And if they approve it, then you go, okay, can we pass the member list of the old company to the new one? And if they agree, now you have a legally um, compliant successor of the nonprofit organization. That is the law. This is not something that they can decide or not decide. It is the law. And this was exactly the problem that we had in the Thursday membership members uh, meeting. When I arrived uh, to Urch, I'm sorry, to, to Monsi, the first thing that I did is what I always do when I need to get into some serious stuff. I look for the largest law firm in town. And people might think that is not wise, but uh, that's because they don't really have experience in these things. Uh, the largest law firm in town has, it's going to be the more expensive, yes, but it will be the cheaper in the long run because it will be the one that will resolve the problems in one single shot because they have a ton of lawyers. All of them are highly trained, experienced lawyers, and they have relationships with judges mayors and you know they can actually pick up the phone and ask the mayor for for a favor so this is kind of a stuff that you pay for when you hire a high-powered law firm so it turns out that the law firm that that they you know that the most powerful law firm in month is actually the one across the hotel i was staying at the courtyard by marriott and it's this big building there and it, it's a, the full war uh, you know law, uh, sorry, law firm and I went there, you know, walking and I said, okay, I have a situation. I need to find out whether we are compliant or not regarding this meeting. We're going to have a meeting. And I know from previous experiences in my years as a CEO that the last thing you want is to go into a meeting and do something that is illegal because then you become liable personally. So it's no longer the company. You are acting in bad faith. So I said to them, I need to do that. So the problem with that with these large companies, large um, law firms, is that they just don't take you as a client. They first do a whole research on you. They look at you, your background, criminal records, credit records, everything. They go through the whole thing. They, they ask you to authorize them to do that, and I had to sign the things. So it took a couple of days for that, and I was able to finally hire them and give them a retainer. The very next, uh, the very day that the meeting was happening, you know, the morning of the of uh, and they called me and they said, there's uh, several problems. We need to talk to you. Please come to the office. And I said, I can't. We're close to the, to the meeting and I need to, I cannot be at the office with you and then, and then be in time back here. Can you meet me close to, to, to the uh, event? And they said, yeah, there's a place called, uh, King Pizza, uh, that is next to the, to the entrance of the, of the AMA. And we can meet there. So I went there because it was something that I could come back quickly. And I met with the lawyer. And uh, she told me, okay, these are the problems that are happening. 
And here are the solutions. This is a resolution that we have to do for what I just described about the assets and the members to be able to be transferred. And there's another resolution here because the law requires that during the first meeting, you need to, to actually um, elect a new uh, a board and, uh, and uh, ratify the, the um, articles of incorporation as well as the, the, the bylaws and stuff like that. And I said, you know what? This is going to be difficult. I think that we should at least do the first one because this is the one that makes the company legal. And that's the one thing I wanted to, because according to what she was saying, if you stand in front of members and you say, here we start, you know, all comes to order. We have, we're in a meeting of the members of Ercha right there. You lie to them and you are performing a fraud on the members right there. So it's actually a very serious matter. So I said to her, you know what, the, the thing is about to start, you know, but I need you to come with me and I'm going to authorize you to give them advice, to give Ircha the legal advice so they know that they cannot do this without passing. I, I know it's a simple thing. It, it, I don't have, I don't, I don't see any problem with them asking for people, you know, you want us to pass the asset, you want to pass the members, fine, then we can have a meeting. Now, the second part, eh, I don't think that's going to happen because... I know they are afraid to run elections because they think they're not going to get, get reelected. Which, by the way, I told them, you know what? If you think that, then maybe that means that you shouldn't be a, a, a director. You know, by definition, what what you're saying. But anyway, so going back to 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 this, and I said to her, "Can you please?" And she said, "Yeah, that that by all means, let's go and prevent uh, uh, that uh, from happening." So I went there got there and I said, before we start, I need you to listen to the lawyer. And their reaction when they saw me coming with a lawyer was, you had it all planned. You were trying to do this thing and then you have some nefarious purposes. And I'm like, okay, listen, the only thing that we cannot do is have this meeting before we pass this resolution. Please explain that to them so they understand that it's illegal, highly illegal, and even criminal for us to to fool people, making them believe they are members of a new company when they are not members, if, they are, if it hasn't been approved. So she tried to explain to him, she explained the situation, and I was, people were getting routed, so I went to the, to the bleachers and I explained this is what's going on, we need to do this, we need to get this, pass these resolutions so that we can have a, the thing and we can continue and have the, the meeting as, as planned, you know, with the agenda that was planned. And and then all of a sudden they stand up and they say, based on this information that we have gotten here, uh, we will cancel this meeting and because we need to review uh, these uh, documents that were presented to us. And um, so we will seek uh, legal advice and everything else. So they cancel the meeting, which was better than not have, having a, an illegal meeting. But still I said, you know what? We have the members here. Let's do this thing. And they wouldn't even talk to me. They said that I was, uh, that, that was scheming or some, you know, all the things that, that, it, you know, there's a thing that my dad taught me when I was a kid. Because I would come to him sometimes and I asked my dad, why was he think that I would do this or that? And he said, uh, son, there's something you need to learn in life. He said, people will come up with ideas of what you're doing. Because it's exactly what they would do. 
And that's why it occurs to them and it doesn't occur to you. So whenever you hear people telling you, oh, you're probably doing this or that, you're just listening to what they had in mind if they had been in your place. They would have been doing those things. And that's a lesson that I learned and I it has worked every single time. So it will not occur to you because you don't have those things in your mind, but uh, it will give you a window into what kind of person that you're dealing with when they tell you those things. So I said, okay, so I guess that's not going to happen. So I went back to the King Pizza with the lawyer. And that's, by the way, that's the reason why you see a lawyer in high heels in the middle of, of a grass field because she wasn't ready. <laughs> she wasn't planning on, on having a meeting there in some muddy place, you know. So, so I said, <clears throat> I said to her, let's go back to that because I need, I need you now to advise me what I need to do. So I went back to uh, King Pizza and I said, okay, uh, Mara, tell me what I need to do now because I'm concerned about the situation. As you can see, they don't want to make it illegal. And, uh, and I need to, to see what I need to do. She said, well, the problem that you have right now is that you are the treasurer of the company. When a company is dissolved, the treasurer is the one that has all the power because he's the person in charge of unwinding the company and disposing of the assets. So now you have a fiduciary duty to protect the assets of the company. You have to act quickly and protect the company because if you don't, you are liable for not doing your fiduciary duty. And I said, what do you mean? You mean like I have to lock everything? And she said, absolutely. And if, uh, and keep in mind that they can go to the bank and, and do a, uh, even though it's a fake board, the bank doesn't know it and they can take you out of the accounts. So if, if there's any way you can protect the funds by uh, sending them to somebody, you should do that so that the funds are protected. So I said, yeah, but there's a, a need to, to uh, run the event, finish the event. And she said, well, let me ask you a question. Uh, is there any way you can hand and uh, you can leave them the amount that they need for that? And I said, well, you know what? There is a, an account that uh, is in a small regional bank that they use. And that account, I don't actually have a, a signature there. And she said, bingo, that's what you need because now you have a thing that will absolve you from not protecting those assets because it is in a place where you don't have a signature. And I said, okay, so I should leave there a certain amount, the amount that is needed to finish the event and not worry about, you know, what happened with that and uh, um, protect the, the rest of the, of the money. And, and, and she said, yeah. So I said, well, the, 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 the people that I know that we can use for that is actually the AMA. Because the AMA, uh, we have an agreement for the WC where, where we can deposit things in their account. And, and at the end of the, the, the whole thing, we can do the accounting and everybody keeps the, the, the size that they need to keep, you know. So I could use that account to safeguard this and I will let uh, the AMA people know that this is for safeguarding until this whole thing is resolved. And she said, that's perfect. And that way you don't stop the event because you also have a responsibility to make sure that people that pay for their booth and everything else finish the event and they can complete the event. I said, well, fantastic. Now I have exactly what I need to do according to the law. And that's exactly what I did. And she said, you need to log the cards 
for the for that and make the payments under your control. But I said, all right. So I went ahead. First thing that I did was lock in all the cards, all the debit cards. I went ahead and, and wire transferred the funds of the other bank to the AMA. And um, pretty much, and I left that there. And they, So I had a meeting later, you know, the next day. I don't know if you remember that on Friday, they had not opened the registration or anything like that. And yep, they, I did notice. they did that thinking that they needed to do that to pressure me into letting them continue with the, <laughs> with the event. Another, another thing that will tell you what they would have done in my place, which I had no intention of stopping the, the jamboree and the, and the opposite to the contrary. I wanted it to continue without any. So they, they asked me to meet at the RV with the Earth uh, RV. And I met with them and I said, before we start, I want to let you guys know that I'm recording this, this meeting. And uh, otherwise I will not have a meeting. You know, I want to have the meeting recorded. They agreed to that. And I went like, okay, this is a foggy, blah, blah, blah. This is the days I'm having a meeting. And they go a board meeting. And then, then Dan interrupted and said, well, it's not a board meeting. It's just a meeting to see you. But what he didn't realize is that when you are experienced like me, in CEO matters, and as old as I am, you know that the reason why he said that is because they probably thought that they probably know they did take me out of out of uh, as a board member and everything else. So they thought they were doing a valid uh, firing me as a board member, and I just laughed. I just I just looked at him like, oh man, you have no idea. You have no idea how transparent you are. Anyway, so I said, okay, let's continue with the, the thing I recorded the meeting. So they told me all kinds of things. You did this on purpose. You did this thing. You said, no, had you not done that drama and you had just simply done this resolution, we could have finished the, the meeting and, you know, do our, what do you call that, the members meeting and the uh, agenda that we had prepared and everything else. We would have been happy. Absolutely no problem. I even brought the lawyer, instructed her to give you full advice, complete advice. I even went away so you could have privacy with her, so you could have the conversation that you need to have, and you still didn't do your duty, which was convert this new organization into the legal successor of the old one. Finally, they said, well, we, we noticed that, that uh, you lock all the cards. I said, yes, and this is the reason why. And I explained to them what the lawyer had told me that I had to do. It was my obligation under the law to do that. They thought I did it because of, I don't know, to, to make them feel bad or to humiliate them or something like that, which was the last thing on my mind. But my, my, my thing in my mind was we need to protect the, the, the money, the assets, and all those things. But anyway, so I said, no, that's not the case. I don't know. I, don't, I know that you are not going to be beating because, you know, you have a different way to look at actions of other people. But I have told you, I don't even know how many times in all the board meetings that we have to follow the law. And guess what? My uh, my obligation under the law was to do exactly what I did. And by the way, the money, I don't have that money. And they were like, what do you mean? I don't have it. I, as, as um, treasurer of organization, did what the bylaws said that I had to do, which is transfer those funds to a secure place, and that is the AMA. And they were like, oh, you should have told us that. That changes things. 
<laughs> no, it doesn't change a thing. It changes your perception because you thought I was going to keep that money for myself. And uh, that is not the case because first, I don't need that money. Second, I would never, ever do such a thing. So the money is safe. You know, nobody's going to go after the money. I only left a small uh, balance there because I have to cover the expenses that I have to cover normally. Uh, because I'm doing the work of the air transfer, so I need to be able to pay for things that I might need for that. Uh, a couple of thousand dollars, and uh, the rest of the money went to the AMA. So they, the way we left it was like more cordial because it, after all that meeting. But being old, you know, we have a saying in Spain that says, the devil knows more, not because he's a devil, but because he's old meaning the experience teaches you. So I was like, hmm, this is today. They are saying that they are going to agree with all the things. And I said, you know what? Let's make sure that we have all our bases covered and I continue doing what I need to do, which is uh, my duty as um, safeguarder, safeguarding uh, officer of the assets. So I said, eh, I'm going to extend my stay. And that's why I extended the stay to... Monday. Why? Because I said, I called the lawyers and said, okay, I have this situation, but let's plan for the worst case situation because I am not going to be here. I, I can be here on Monday. I don't have to, to take another flight to come back here and have meetings with you people. That way we can uh, hash everything that we need to do, preparing for the worst situation, which is in case we need to, to file a lawsuit against them, both personally and against the organization as members either as a class action and they say well that's expensive and say yeah but you know I, i'm willing to fund it i don't care let's get the if we have to fund a class action again of the members of church against these people i'm willing to go ahead and fund it. not a problem and say well that's the that's the case let's take let's get together so i stayed <clears throat> and i went with them and i had the meeting with them so with the meeting uh we discussed a whole bunch of things, but then we said, okay, we need to get a, a, a you know, again. So we got together again via Zoom on the Thursday of that, uh, of the uh, last uh, week. And with the actual person that was going to be the head, uh, the head lawyer that was going to file a lawsuit, because I, I, I met with, with the legal, uh, with, I'm sorry, with the litigation uh, arm of the, of the firm. But then on Thursday of last week, I met via Zoom with the, both the lawyer that went with me to the, to the field, as well as the litigation lawyer that was going to take over there. So I said to him, okay, so what if, after the analysis of the, the, the meeting that I had with the, with your people and all that. So he went ahead and explained. He asked a whole bunch of questions and, uh, and, uh, Explained to me that uh, the thing that Mara had told me was actually exactly what needed to be done. That their lack of following those uh, laws made them liable, and that um, uh, they would they, it would be uh, very easy. And said actually, there is no need for um, um, <clears throat> class action lawsuit because what it, it, this is so clear cut as per the law because. You're not going to, what are you going to sue? Some people that are not the board of directors, they're not, they're not the directors. So 
you cannot sue somebody for something doing as a board as a director when they are not actually directors. So what you need to do, he said, is get a uh, do file a lawsuit <clears throat> and ask the court for a determination of law where the court says this is the situation, this is what applies, and you guys are not the directors or officers of or, or anything. And uh, you need to provide all these things, and then the court sends a court order ordering them to to comply with the law. I said, okay, so that's uh, so that's a lot cheaper, I guess. I said, oh yeah, why much cheaper? <laughs> so <laughs> I was I was very happy to hear that part. So I said, well, let's let's uh, let's do something instead of just starting this. Uh, let's do something. Please prepare a letter explaining that I'm going to present it to them, so they have a, a, a an opportunity to. to to choose the right thing to do. And that is what I did. I He sent me the letter and I presented to them. I said, okay, this is the current situation. This is what is planned in case you guys don't comply with the law. So, um, and and I said, the ball's in your court. That, that's all I can do. I have extended and, uh, and, and used up all the possible lifelines to prevent this from happening. It's up to you now whether this happens or doesn't happen. When they saw that, they understood because they saw a completely an analysis of the law and everything else. And they understood that they were completely out of legal base, no basis whatsoever. And that's when they decided to resign. They said, okay, I guess it's, you know, this seems to be, this seems to be the case. And, and uh, they, accepted that that was going to be the case and they finally resigned and um and uh, actually there was one that didn't resign until about an hour ago which was uh dan lucenti he wanted to have a conversation with me before resigning so i set up the meeting for him to talk with me um even though you know the funny thing is that the resigning part was more of um of a courtesy to them because you don't resign for some, uh, from something that you're not. In other words, you cannot resign from board member when you're not a board member. So that was more of a courtesy to, to them to, you know, to say, okay, I resign. And the way I, I looked at it, it's like, okay, this is an easier way to do it and more. After all that, they started behaving more normally. We had more civilized, um, conversations. We were starting to talk about, um, the return of assets because they have possession of like generators and, um, and a whole bunch of things, you know, that printed for the cars and this and that, and you name it, there's a lot of stuff. And, uh, one of the things that was uh, written on that letter that, uh, the lawyers um, prepared for, for me was that that included not only the, their stopping to, to, uh, to control assets, but also the return of the assets and things like that. And they agreed to that without any problem. After they realized that whatever had been telling them the whole weekend was actually true and that the law was exactly like I explained to them, they changed their tune. They became more friendly and more, you know, easygoing. And, and, um, and I said, you know what? We could have had this before. It would have prevented us from 
from having this, this, all these tense situations. And, uh, I would have been able to fly and have fun and everything else. That doesn't mean I didn't have fun. I had a ton of fun, by the way, at Ergy. Because, you know, I am used to this kind of stuff in the sense that, you know, you deal with stress like this all the time. So I can compartment, like, what's the thing again? Compartmentalize. There you go. And, uh, and, uh, put one thing on the one, bo- on one box and the other thing in it. So I could completely enjoy myself at, at the event. And then Saturday, uh, yeah, it, it was actually fun. I was working with them. I would work with Tim and the team. Uh, can you, can you do this? And they, yeah, no problem. And this and that and that, that and back and forth and the whole thing. When, when that, uh, you know, when, when we were supposedly, you know, in a better, in a better situation. And then, that got bad again, like you saw on Saturdays. And one thing that happened that I still have to resolve, and it's a very great thing that I, I am really, really annoyed about, is that um, as you saw on Saturday, they decided to take only cash and not uh, anything that had to go through PayPal. The problem with doing that is that I knew that I, I if I started fighting that, they would probably drop everything and abandon the event. I don't know, actually, I don't know for sure that it's the case, but I knew that could be a problem, could be a, a possibility. And so I said, you know what? Uh, I'm not going to fight. This is not a, a, a battle that I want to have. So let's see what happens, you know? And um, so they uh, went ahead and did that. No money went through their PayPal account. And, and then uh, Sunday came in, and um, I was giving some things, and there was no, I didn't see there was uh, any deposit in the bank for cash, and nothing like that happened. And then at the end of the day, <clears throat> they kept the cash. And they said that they that they used the cash to cover all their expenses, and this and that, and this and that. So they're supposedly sending me the receipts of all those expenses and things like that. But if something is not right, I will just let the members and the board decide what to do because I am tired of fighting them. Mm-hmm. I don't want, don't want to get into another fight, you know, going after that cash and suing them and God knows what else. I do not want that. And they might be right. You know, who knows? Maybe they, uh, the, the one thing that I told Greg, I said, Greg, you have to understand that that what you just told me makes some sense. You either owe the balance, a certain balance to the company, or the company needs to uh, complete money for the charge. But you, for you to tell me that that's exactly the amount that you needed to cover the charge makes absolutely no sense. So that's where I put doubt on what you're saying. So we'll see what happens, you know. I hope that uh, that you're correct and that all these receipts match the amount. I also don't know how much you guys uh, receive because I have no records. I have no records yeah. on what, you know, how many uh, registrations you did, how many T-shirts you sold, how many pins you sold. I mean, I have no idea. I have no clue. And I, I, I bet I will probably never know. And nobody will know. So I'm going to have to depend on on your good face, you know, but, um, that's all, you know, that's, uh, that's where we left it. So I'm waiting for these things to arrive. Supposedly they arrive on Friday of this week. 
and I will review them and see, you know, what, what the story is. Uh, but um, I hope that's the case, you know. Somebody might think I'm an idiot believing that that is the case. And I hope that's the case, you know. We'll see. I'll let you guys know what I know about it. And I, like I said, I'm, I will not be the person that will make that decision, even though I'm legally the only governing person for the company at this moment before we do the elections. The next thing I'm going to ask is for people to think very, very, very clearly that uh, these elections have a real meaning and importance. We need to find people that have experience, like in the case of what I did, right? A person that has experience with this, uh, this, um, situations that a CEO, for instance, has a person that has experience with, uh, money. So it would be good to find an accountant in our ranks. Uh, it would be good to have people that are into, into uh, IT so they can help with the website, with the app. Because right now everything is falling in, into my lap, you know, uh, the server, the uh, the uh, um, the apps, the the uh, accounting. Oh, uh, also another thing that I did. By the way, just so you guys know, there was no accounting, no accounting whatsoever, none. So after this whole brouhaha happened, they were forced to get all of those things. Uh, in, in check, you know, they had to uh, hire an accountant to, to a CPA. I don't know if it's a CPA. I know it's an accountant and have all the records on and, and file all of the past taxes. All of the, the tax returns that were not filed, they had to refile them. They had to request the IRS from, to restate the nonprofit uh, status so that they could file 990s, which is uh, the, re- the tax return that you have to file as a nonprofit. And the craziest thing about it is that because the new company is a new entity, totally different than the old one, it has a new number, new state assigned number, ID, and therefore it has a new EIN, the federal equivalent to a social security number for a company is called the EIN, Employer Information Number. And that gives us another problem, which is, the nonprofit organization status does not apply to us because it applies to the old EIN. So the new EIN requires that. So I have to file the request for that. There's so much work that has to be done to finish getting this thing completely resolved that I implore all the members to please, please, please elect people that are useful for these things. Do not elect by popularity. Look for people that present um, a resume of things that will be useful as a board member. A board member is a very, very difficult job that you have to do with knowledge. You don't want to do that with some Yahoo that no, you like him because he's, you know, some good pilot or something like that and has no clue how to do corporate things. Corporate law is complicated and you need people with experience doing that. So we don't have to go through this again. So please keep that in mind. Be responsible with the way you vote. Pay attention to the people that are going to be nominated and request information 
ask questions, drill them to see if they're actually going to be useful for us. We need a secretary. Secretary takes in the meetings and notes. I'm going to propose some changes because people like me that cannot be doing these things uh, all the time could be good for the company as advisories. Uh, so we could have a board of directors that is not necessarily the same as the officers, which is exactly the case of most companies. Most companies have a board of directors that don't run the company itself, but they are the ones who, who hire the CEOs and the presidents and the CFOs and everything else. And they simply direct the actions that need to be done. And the people that do them are the, uh, executives. So like, for instance, the AMA has the executive council, which is all these vice presidents that you see in the back of the AMA magazine and a president, which is Richard Hansen. Okay, so they get together at the board room in the AMA building and they decide the policies that are going to be happening and things that are going And then they tell the executive director, Chad Boudreau, and the rest of the people at the AMA that these are the things that need to be done. And Chad is not part of the board. He's hired as a person that is in charge of doing those things. So the same exact thing that they're doing is done in Tesla, Microsoft, whatever. Everybody has the same structure, and that structure should be what we should have, in my opinion. So I'm going to propose some changes to bylaws so that we have that. Because then people like me that have the experience can help AirTel without having to do the day-to-day work, which is something that the executive people is the one that are good to, to work on that. None of these uh, positions are paid. Keep that in, in mind. You know, neither the board of directors nor the executive guys. So you have to have people that have a passion and a dedication that is demonstrable with past facts and acts. In other words, don't think that, oh, yeah, I can do that. I think I can do that. No, no, no. It's not that easy. When you f- When you realize what needs to be done, and I tell you something, since I became a, a board member, which was in February, you know, when I got elected, I can tell you every week we had, we spent 90 minutes as a minimum on the phone, having meetings, resolving issues, and we always ran out of time. So we had to postpone things for the next meeting because you, you see all these things, like for instance, the lanyards, right? The lanyards, somebody had to make them, right? Somebody had to, to, to order them. So somebody had to, to design that, to put these, these, uh, logos and the thing and distribute them. Same with the pins, things with the, what do you call that? The shirts, the t-shirts. Yeah. T-shirts. And then everybody, all the vendors went until the last minute to finally sign the contract and send us the money. So we have to be calling all the whole week. You are on the phone calling the vendors. Okay, did you get the contract? Yeah, do you have any problem? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. So you have to go, redo the contracts, send it to them again, and, and all kinds of things like that all the time. And I mean all the time. Every single night of the week, you are going to be doing things that were agreed to during that board meeting on a Tuesday. So don't think that this thing ends in a single meeting. You have to work on that. So I have to get together with... Uh, with Craig to do the program for the world championships. So I have to 
I taught him how to use a word to to make a catalog type thing and and, and how to do thing uh, insert things like that so he could finish that and then you have to call every single pilot that was coming out of these 11 countries and get their pictures and get their 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 backgrounds and things like that so you could put them on the program and then you have to call the a guy in Germany uh Stefan and uh, the FAI uh, so that he can give you all the and the regulations for this uh for this thing then you need to make sure that AMA complies with those regulations and then you have to go through a lot of legal stuff for that and then contact the FAI people and then contact the guy from the US and get their signatures uh, I mean, you think that is a small thing? No, it isn't. It is not. It is a lot of work. And if you're not clear that that is the case, do not attempt to try to get into ERCHA to help. It requires people that have that vocation, that commitment to help for that to work. So that is very, very important. And I am giving you a little, 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 itty, bitty window of what needs to be done because you have not even a slight clue of how difficult it is to do that. From having vendors to get permits from the health department. And I, did you know that? You know, the vendor said, you know, guess what? The vendor requires you to go file for a permit for the for the health department. You need to, to file for permits for the gaming commission uh, of Indiana so you can run a, a raffle. Uh, you have to to get uh, you have to uh, meet with the people at at um, at AMA with the people that handle uh, like the um, uh, the maintenance of the field uh, schedule with them when they're gonna do these things talk to the people that that that, that do the tents and and work with them and arrange a, a, a layout of the tent and apply the tent according to the very last minute because all of the vendors take the, the last minute to 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 provide you with uh, what they're going to get, whether they're going to go platinum or gold or whatever. So now you're in a rush because you have to tell the people on the, on the tent uh, suppliers that they have to work. You have to set up the whole layout, send it to them, have them approve it, come back, see if you comply with the with the insurance requirements. You have to get insurance for, for the whole thing. Uh, the AMA needs to have, send you a certificate of insurance for that so they can go ahead and bring that stuff. You need to cover the, the, the people that are, that are working in there. And so you have to have the, the, uh, um, coverage for the, uh, uh, workers compensation. I mean, you think that's an easy thing to do. It is very complex. It needs people that understand these things and they need to be people that are useful for those things. So yes. It is not an easy job, and no, it is not a phone flight. This is a trade show, and that is why it is way more difficult. This is a trade show. You are selling booth space so you can fund this fantastic event that it is. And why is it different? Because it is the only place where a vendor would spend the money to bring somebody like Kenny Cole, or somebody like Rasmus, or somebody like, you know, you name it, they will not bring them to your phone flight. They will not bring them to the Helix Vagavaganza or, or the Spring Fling or something like that. You know what that happens? It happens at the trade show called the Jamboree. That is why it's more expensive and it's more complex. 
you are depending on a lot of things, a lot of people in a, in a, in a facility that is uh, controlled by internal rules and you have to know what you're doing. It is not simple. So before people start saying, ah, why don't we do this? Because it is not possible. There are legal requirements that we have to follow. There are things that need to be done and they cost money. And that's why there is a need to get money from vendors and to, and, and from, uh, uh, people that go to that because it simply costs money. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you exactly how much money is left in the company after the whole thing happened. $6,000. That is the amount that we have to leave on for a whole year. Paying server licenses for software, uh, where there is an Adobe thing so we can do artworks and, uh, and, and, and you name it, you know, the, the cards, you know, the, the, the membership cards. We have to pay for the membership cards for the people that sign up and mail them. The mailing costs money. Everything costs money, you know, and that's why the reality is yes, we have to charge. Yes, we have to do that. Do we want to change that? That's up to the, the, the members. That's up to the people. And that is what democracy is all about. You know, that's why we have a way to vote and decide. And I'm going to say this one more time. Think clearly why it is important that you pay attention to what people are going to post as their resume, their experience, because you want to hire people that knows exactly why. For instance, let me give you an example, right? Um, Leroy. Leroy is the guy that is doing the DJ, right? Okay, Leroy has to get the licenses to play this music publicly. Did you know that? Well, he has to do that. He has to spend money. He has to do all that stuff. Why? Because the law requires it. But then what happens is that we have to draft a contract that complies with that requirement and frees up Ircha from a lawsuit from a music company. Because they see that in a, in a video, for instance, and they say, you know what? These people are using our music in public. I don't have any registration here that shows that this music has been paid for to allow that. So they come back and they charge you the money. So what do you do? You do a contract where you say, okay, Leroy, this is the way you're going to do this, which wasn't done before. I brought all that because I said, this is crazy. You guys don't have all these things covered. So all of the things are clearly stated and said, okay, you need to get this. You need to get your, your, your license to play the music. It's up to you. And you will hold Ercha, uh, not responsible for those things if you fail to do that. And he went ahead and he did his thing. And now it's everything in a contract. The amount that was going to be paid in this is a contract and the whole thing. So he was contracted for that. He got, uh, money for his services and he is it's his business, you know, that's what he does. He does DJ work. And none of that stuff was there before. And I said, this is nuts. You know, we have to have everything, all these contracts and everything else correctly. And that's why somebody with knowledge of what needs to be done needs to be at Urcha. And it is that serious. So, you know, I know I'm, I'm, I'm being uh, annoying and everything else, but I cannot stress enough how important is that we do all of the things correctly because otherwise we can get in trouble and trouble when, when it comes to liability can get expensive and it can destroy the organization. And that is not going to happen. We will make it continue and grow again. And let's go back now. Let's, let's go now to the good part. 
This is the part that I wanted mm-hmm. to get to. So the first part is like, okay, <laughs> yes. here it is. So let's get to the good part. Why was it such a fun event that everybody kept saying, man, this was a fun urge finally again. Well, the reason for that was this. I told them, I will do all these things and I'm going to make all these events. I'm going to do all of those things because that is what old school Ircha was about. Ircha grew because it was fun. It was so much fun. It was, you spend half the time laughing at all this, the stupid things that we were doing and another half watching incredible flying. And then we would go to the hotels and bring our, our little 450s and fly in the, in the parking lot and uh, go to Texas uh, Roadhouse and fill the whole restaurant and start throwing, throwing uh, food at each other. We had food fights, you know. It was a different approach. It was a fun approach, <laughs> you know. So we were all stupid and happy. And that's what I wanted. And I said, I'm going to bring back all this stuff. And uh, I said about this bottle drop. And uh, one of them said, yeah, what about the the problem? You know, the, 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 what is that thing? It hurts somebody. So, well, we're going to do it with these rules. We're going to have to fly this high and this far away and things like that and stuff like that. So it was it was difficult to get them to. One of the things that I wanted to, to do, and this is something that I'm going to propose, is this. In a conversation that I had with Brian from uh, Mikado USA, which, by the way, he didn't go. Do you want me? I can explain why. Anyway, so uh, with uh, him, he said uh, that, so uh, the conversation I had with him, I said to him, uh, man, we have to, we have to make uh, this, uh, this enjoyable because it's boring as hell. He said, yes, it is boring to the point that I have to spend bringing all this stuff over there and everything else. And then I am doing the power hour and these two guys, two, two guys watching us. We look at each other. It's like, what are we doing? What the hell are we doing? Why are we doing this? It makes no sense. Why? Because when you have that many power hours nonstop, nobody cares about it. Nobody cares. What are you going to see that again and again and again and again? You know what? You go to fly and say, this is nonsense. This power hour, they are forced to be doing that. They are forced to, they're, they're bringing this, these pilots. They are forcing the pilots to be doing this, the show. When in reality, nobody cares about it. Why don't we go back and do fun stuff? Things that people get excited about, you know, uh, contests and things and, and known them or whatever. They say, well, we can think about that next, next year and say, yeah, I understand that. I understand you cannot change it. It's too, too late. To be changing that, but I'm going to insert all this event in between those power hours because I want the people of the Agoro Irche to see, get a glimpse of what Irche used to be. Irche used to be about fun, about the hobby, about sharing with, with friends, about laughing the whole freaking day. That's what we were doing there. Laughing our, ass, our asses off, watching people, you know, egging them and they would crash and we were like, ha, ah, you fell for it and stuff like that. It was just hilarious. It was a completely different approach. And I wanted to get that back. So I went ahead and said, yeah, I'm going to take it. Oh, you take care of that. And this and that. I said, all right, don't worry. I will take care of that. So I talked to people. I talked to 
to uh, um, my friends, you know, I talked to Mike uh, Wilson and he said, okay, you have been volunteered to run this event. He said, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean volunteer? Yeah, you're volunteered. So you are in charge of this thing. And he's like, Ogie, what are you saying? It's like, I'm saying that get your ass here, get your ass from Canada, come here and take care of this event for me because we're going to bring the air that you and I used to enjoy, we're going to bring that back. I was like, oh yeah, I want to do that. So he came and he took care of all the rack races and the bottle drops and stuff like that. And I talked to, to Bert and I said, Bert, you know that thing that you used to do, like going in one side and, and start doing the, the go off the station, the, the going off station? I said, and he said, yeah, what about it? I said, well, we're going to make that an official event. Bert going off the station. And he's like, there's no way you're going to call that like that. I said, yeah, I'm going to call it the Bert's go off station. He said, <laughs> no. I said, yes. And he said, no. I said, yes. And he said, no. I said, okay, no. But then when we were there, I went ahead and told everybody that it was Bert's go off station. And he looked at me like, you muffle. You told me you were not going to do that. <laughs> I said, I lied. Because everybody has to know that you came up with this thing, you know, why not? You know, and he just laughed. He said, ah, oh, whatever. So let's continue. So, so, so we brought that back and he took care of that and it worked really nicely. You know, we had a Newton demo that was voluntary. Okay. You want to fly? You can fly as long as you do this. As you do tails light from hell, a low fear fleet and some crazy maneuver. If you can do that, if you want to do that, yeah, we'll let you fly. You know, noon demo in the middle of thing, the biggest uh, helicopter event in the world, and you can show you all, show off and do that as long as you do those things. So everybody, yeah, that I mean, was a fun one to watch. It. Actually, hey, oh, hey. That, that was a fun one to watch, and it was fun because Ra went first. Oh yeah, that was I got him. <laughs> oh, to, I missed that. that. I said Ra. I said, Ra, 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 Ra. And he's like, no. I said, yes, Ra, come on, man. You, you are a great uh, pilot. Come on. I saw your videos. Show off. And then he's like, finally, he's like, okay, okay, okay. So he went and took uh, uh, Wes uh, 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 V2 and uh, went to fly. It was actually it was actually my V2. Thank you very much. It was in Wes. Oh, no, no. Hold on for a second. It was, that was uh, the night, the king of the night. Uh, both both, uh, both of them were yeah, mine. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Both that was two, yours too? Yeah, they were both mine. Oh, oh, Wes told yeah. me that was his. So it's up to yeah. between the two of you to to fight that one. But anyway, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let them fight. It's not my problem. I, I just care about. I finally convinced Rod to go, and he flew. He had a great time. He comes back and I said, "Didn't I tell you?" And he's like, "Yeah, you were right. Didn't you have fun?" He said, "Yeah. See, that's what it was about." He's like, "Yeah, I understand now what you mean." Yeah, now you go back and you were like, oh man, that was awesome. So he went like, he came back on the, at night and he's like, I'm going to go for this one too. Say, okay, let's go for this one. And he went and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so that's what we did. So people got excited and they started flying. And I mean, I mean, you guys saw it. It was so much fun. He was watching that and people and they finally, a guy scammed the thing on the ground, you know, with the tail slide and they were like, ah. It was just hilarious. And man, when they, when the pros started pushing it, I mean, those pretty flips, I mean, they, they were cutting grass. And I mean, it was yeah. nuts. It was nuts, man. Yeah. It was so much fun. You know, that's what we wanted. And I told everybody, this is what Airtel used to be. This is what we need to get back to. The whole Airtel event should be nothing but this. So we can do. Uh, like for instance, for little helicopters, we can do obstacle courses, you know, 
that we have like rings and things and boxes and tunnels and, 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 and half of them end up destroyed. The other half get to the end and you will see so many smiles and people are going to have so much fun, you know, doing that and doing, um, uh, what was the other thing that, okay. Uh, another thing is you get somebody, uh, two, two guys and you, and they pick up from a, from a hat, a song, right? And then they both have to fly at the same song and do it and choreograph the thing at the song and people choose who is the one that does it better, you know, and it's, it's fun stuff, you know, it's things like that. And oh, so many things that we can do, you know, and, uh, the, we can actually prepare those bottles to have more pressure and main when they fall. It's like an explosion and everybody that gets wet is hilarious. So things like that. I mean, there's so much stuff that, and another thing that I want to do, if they are all possible, I want to bring the fireworks back. Because that was the final, you know, the cherry on the top for the event. It was, it would make people teary eyed. I swear. It was so beautiful. And it was the end of a celebration of our holiday. We need to get that spirit back. That's what we need back in the holiday. Once you get that back, people will get excited. Once we get the earth the way it's supposed to be, that we get people um, a way to connect with others and get help by, by looking at the geographical area, see what volunteers that want to help set up helicopters or teach them how to fly. Uh, we start doing competitions that, that are simple stuff, you know, like, like, I don't know, uh, loops and rolls and whatever, who cares, you know? And then we are second verse and second level or third level, something like that. So we can get, um, competitions and then do it on a, a, a on a state basis. And then we go to Urch and then we compete with the, with the winners and stuff like that. We can make it into such a nice hobby again. We have to put our minds together and, and come up with ideas and do that. That's all we need. It used to be a lot of fun. And it became too corporate, too like, okay, power hours, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, everybody's doing everything like, like, I don't know, without that passion that, that, that needs to be there for, for, for us to, to, you know. So yeah, that's, um, so, so Erste ended up being a fantastic event with the fun side because it really cheered up people. People couldn't give less of a flying, you know what, uh, about the drama because they were having fun. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. You go back home and you think, wow, what a weekend. What a wonderful weekend. Oh my God. Do you remember this and that and this and that? And then that's part of the most important thing in your life, which is memories. Yeah. That is what is left. You know, when you grow older, you're going to be like, yeah, I really use up my life for something fun it, it was something that really mattered you know and what matters is that having fun friends family that's what matters in the in the end and uh we have a thing that says that uh that uh in spanish it says lo bailado no te lo quita nadie that means whatever you dance nobody can take away from you so in other words whatever you enjoyed it's it's yours it, nobody can take that away from you. So try to enjoy your life. Try to do things that are really, really enjoyable. Things that make you happy, like going to Ircha and make Ircha fun and do the same with the, with the, 
uh, what do you call those, um, the phone flies, you know, we should be doing these things on the phone flight, all these events, you know, all these fun things. I bet you a lot of people start going to, to more to, to phone flights. It's like that, you know, making uh, that, uh, the hobby awesome again. That's what we have to do. Once it happens, believe me, we're going to have a lot more people. The industry will recover and, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun. And that's uh, the whole point, you know. So what do you guys think? Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So, uh, like I say, for me, this was my first ever time being there, right? So, um, but uh, I, I learned a lot, that's for sure. I know for me, I think the biggest thing that I most enjoyed about Urcha, although I did enjoy, you know, like the the water bomb drop and, and that uh, off the station competition and all that, it was fun to watch. For me, the biggest re- thing really was to go and meet a whole lack of people that I've been exactly. you know, been chatting that, with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one of the cool things too is the fact that over this last couple of years, I've gotten to meet a whole lot of people online as well through via Facebook, via Discord. You know, I'm I'm a regular on the Friday night Discord sec- sessions on with the Freefall uh, session that the guys at Freefall set up a couple of years ago already. I'm still there almost every Friday with uh, with Ian and and a few other guys and you know Jimmy Tate and a few other guys like that and we you know we have fun visiting and chatting what, what on a regular chop, basis. What, what am I chop liver? I'm there all the time too. Uh, you're not there that <laughs> no often. Here, no give, love. Give me a break. No you're not there that often. You come I in maybe once a month off. for about fifteen minutes. If that. If that. <laughs> 15. 15 is a lot. Exactly. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm yeah, thinking I was going to say that. I was going to say, uh, Frank's attention span goes up to about 10 minutes. After yeah. that, you're talking to a wall. Yeah. I noticed that. You're, you're, I noticed that at Urcha itself, because every time I tried to go and chat with Frank, all of a sudden he disappeared. Yeah. Dude, I was running around. Space is out. No, no. You know, Squirrel. You know, this year was, was, was funny and it was difficult because I wanted to do so many things and I was trying to get a lot more flying done, but it was just like every time I came back, I would get pulled to a side or had to deal with something or had to hear something. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of moving around this year for sure. I I was just grateful that I actually got to have breakfast with you the one morning and I was, you know, that was it. I was, I was hoping to at least get a chance to sit down and visit with you for a while. How the hell did you manage that? All I got was just a breakfast and that was with two other guys there at the same time. It wasn't even just you and me. (laughs) Wow. That is, you got to give me the formula to get that to happen. Holy (laughs) But Augie, I've taken you to dinner, so I don't want to hear that shit, man. You know, I've taken you to dinner, so. Well, I took a boatload of people to dinner that night, but yes, we we went to dinner before. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that th- th- that sounded more like a, you know like a date, and that wasn't the case. <laughs> oh. <Yeah. laughs> so don't give me any of that BS. You, I happened to be around when you started calling people, and you saw me, and I, oh, yeah, you too. <laughs> you know, that's the way. Actually, no, you you were in your car. I told you, hey, let's go yeah, grab dinner. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that is your service. Like, hey, you too, come over. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't like, oh. like it was planned, you know. So yeah, yeah. I actually, but, I actually wrote down a list of people that I actually got to meet and talk with. 
And I, I'm amazed. Like Andy, Andy and, and Tima, Andy Ross and Tima, man, those two were amazing the whole week that for me anyways, cause I, I pitted at their table. Andy brought my stuff and shipped them back and all that. And, and those two were awesome. Steve as well. Steve Yoon from Free, Free Fall. Oh, that was, guy. He that introduced me to a whole whack oh, of yeah. people as well, which was great. And of course it was Frank getting to meet you too. Frank was good. Finally getting to meet you in person. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Nutt. Of course, you introduced me to Chris Nutt, Brandon Lee. Um, and then there yeah. was Mitch Booth that I hung out with by his trailer a whole lot. Manny oh, Nito. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I got to meet Jeff West from West RC. Um, Bill Ann, actually, I've chatted, I've met Bill Ann before, but, uh, it was good to see him again. Uh, I got to meet Mike DePaulo, Gucci, Jimmy Tate. Who's on, you know, he's on the Friday night discord almost every Friday night and him and I chat for hours. And so it was awesome to finally get a chance to hang out with him and meet him in person. Um, you know, met Wes Manier in person, although I kind of met him once at Snohomish, but he didn't really remember. Yeah. Not surprising. Um, Nick Maxwell, good to see him. Although I was hoping to chat with him more, but he was awfully busy. Um, Steve Shaw and his wife, Dorothy. Man, I, I now see why everybody talks about how Dorothy is such, such a, such a saint. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Kyle Spiels and his wife, Janelle, um, got to meet Devin McClellan, Greg Ringle, Shaggy. Man, Shaggy's another one that w- oh, it was yeah. so awesome. He ended up staying a whole lot longer than he was planning. And it was, so yeah, awesome we're talking about that. That was so yeah, awesome. it was great to be able to see him and Jen visit with him again. Um, Andrew Lax. I had a really good visit with Andrew Lax. Really cool guy. And, uh, Todd and Candy Dudek had a nice visit with them. Met oh, them. Oh, did you have, did you have seen how difficult it was for, for us to get him to judge? It was, oh, it was, really? It was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta ask him to tell, to tell you the story because it was just, uh, dude, it was like pulling teeth. He finally yeah. admitted it. I agree to it. <laughs> but it and was so Rick, much fun. Rick Cricky, um, Raja, was it Bordakosh or whatever it is, his last name, met him. And then finally, my fellow Canadian, Diego Arce. I, you know, I've, how many times I've had people, well, do you know Diego? He's from Canada as well. Well, no, he's from the opposite end of the country. I don't know him. So I finally got a chance to meet him and, uh, chat with him for a little bit, a little bit too. And, and I very, very quick 30 second conversation with raw and, you know, and there's all kinds of other people that just very brief, quick conversations, but it was like that to me was the biggest thing was just getting to meet all the people and people that I've chatted with online, people whose names I've seen on the heli hangouts, people from all over the place like that, all over the world. And, and it was just. That to me was, was, was probably my biggest highlight of the whole trip. Uh, I love it. Is, it was great. That is exactly the most important thing is what you yeah. mentioned. I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. Is what matters. And that's what you enjoyed. And that's exactly the best part of it. Yeah. 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 It didn't fly way, as much the, as I was the, hoping, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> talking about, talking about that, uh, Ricky, 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 um, you know, uh, by the way, my, I remember that my, my nephew came to, to with me. He, he came oh, yes, that's from, right. I did from, meet him too. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. 
You introduced uh, me to him. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he flew from Spain and uh, he wanted to, he loves search. Like he wouldn't believe. So anyway, so he went there and then he had, um, we had the mojitos at the, at, uh, at uh, Vincent's uh, party. Right. And then Ricky Creaky came and gave us a taste of something. I forgot what is the name of that. And, uh, and uh, we ego were like, juice. wow, this is, was that? E- ego juice. Ego juice. No, no, it wasn't the, the mojito. It was some of the ego. Ego juice is called. Is that what they call it? Ego juice? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ego juice. Because so anyway, it's for ego motors, ego drift motors, right? So he calls it ego, ego juice. Yeah. That, that's Ricky Creaky's uh, concoction, right? That's Vincent's, no. but yeah. No, no, no. It's not Vincent. I know what I'm telling you. This is Ricky Cricket's own private thing. So uh, he I gave us that. a little bit to try. And he calls it tropical something. I forgot what it is. And uh, it, my my um, nephew is the manager of a of a, one of the largest clubs uh, in our city there in, in Spain. And he uh, gave it to him and he, he said, tell me if you know what it is. So he went ahead and described everything. And they were talking about that. And you know what he did? He said, I'm going to put this in the menu of our nightclub. And then we're going to cook you the Ricky Creaky for Jersey. And he was hmm. like, what? <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> now in Spain, there is a, a drink called the Ricky Creaky from Jersey. That has exactly that thing that he came up with. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently it sells quite, quite a bit. You know, it's a, it looks like he said it was a hit. Everybody loves it. They get drunk so quickly because <laughs> it's really hard, you know. It's really strong. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's what it was all about. Uh, friends, you know, friends and you know, enjoyment. Uh, and that was something that really was different this year. There was a lot more than that. A lot more of the friends, the friendship, the fun, and the whole thing. That's why I didn't care about the drama. And it's like, yeah. whatever, who cares, you know, but if we have fun, who cares about the rest? You know, the, I'm not going to, the drama is something that I think in some ways probably needed to happen, but at the same time, at least, especially from my perspective, I purposely tried not to let it bother me. Um, I yeah, actually did purposely also try to, to watch as many of those power hours as, as possible. Um, and, you know, cause, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about how corporate it is. And at the same time, I sort of felt too, it's like, well, these companies are putting out a whole lot of money, like you said, to be able to, to go and show off and do these things. So I figured, you know what? I want to try and support as many of their, their power hours as you, as I could and sit yeah. there and watch. So I did, I actually purposely did try to go and watch as many of them as possible. And, uh, and man. <sighs> There's some amazing pilots out here right now that fly RC oh, helicopters. Wow, yeah. oh, oh, man. There are some yeah. really impressive. I mean, Kenny Cole is definitely, you can see why he's the world champion. But at the same time, there's a lot of really, really good pilots that are really creative and really good. And it was really neat to go and watch yeah. all these guys fly and do what they do you know and yeah i i just i really enjoyed it there i do have one big for me anyways big complaint what is it it was way too hot and humid 
<laughs> that heat and humidity okay, was awful. You realize, you, realize, you, you realize that when I see you this weekend, I'm going to hit you on the back of the head like dumbass. You realize that, right? I'm going to do it. I had you worried there for a second, didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) But you're going to pay for it, believe me. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I was like, what What happened? What is this? I could not get over that heat and humidity. It was just brutal. I was not used to that. And it was, it actually was really cold compared to exactly. I was going to say that. That is only because you are in Canada, but you know, for the rest of the people, it was perfectly. Dude, I, I I I bought a sweater. I bought oh. a sweater for one night. Oh, I remember seeing people wear jackets at night in the evening, and I'm like, how can you wear that? Like, I'm just, I was just sweating buckets. Oh, it was just, yeah, I I could not handle that heat and humidity. No, thank you. <laughs> Oh, uh, you know that that well, that's something probably for another another episode. Uh, there is a plan to use those buildings. I proposed to to the AMA and uh, to do something similar to the Roto Live event. I had a conversation with uh, Chad Boudreau about it, and he loved the idea. So we are going to because you remind me because those are going to be air conditioned, you know, for that event and stuff like that. So. We could actually have another another episode for that because that, that's a whole a whole different yard, you know, ball of yarn. Oh wow. So, yeah, uh, some yeah. some sort of air conditioning would definitely be nice to get away from it, even for a few minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. That that's why it's good. Because if you have with if you have all these uh, stores, actual stores that you can buy stuff from inside a, an air conditioned area, guess what it's gonna happen? They're oh gonna yeah, go cool down and they're gonna buy stuff and they're Big going time. to then yep. cover cover the expenses of the vendors yeah, once you get time. that to happen the vendors don't care and they come and come and come every year because they're not going to end up spending as much or maybe they want to make a profit you know yeah yeah so yeah but anyway that's a different uh, subject yeah an air-conditioned building to set to do something like that would be would be awesome oh, yeah mm-hmm. yeah I did go and actually check out the museum as well. That's actually a pretty neat little museum at, oh, that yeah. the AMA has there. It's a, you know, it's not big, but you know, I think it took me about an hour to go through it by myself, but man, they've got a lot of stuff jammed in there and it was, they've got some really cool stuff in that museum. I got to say that museum was worth checking out. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the old stuff so, is the one that is amazing. The old radio. Wow. Yes. That's what I was really fascinated too was the old transmitters. Yeah. The old transmitters and receivers. That was just really cool. Yeah. That's when you realize how good we have it, huh? Yes. Big time. <laughs> Very much so. I will never Very about much my so. Ever again. I will never <laughs> sweat up with my complaint. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, some of those transmitters. Wow, it's amazing. Some of them. I mean, you know, I've mentioned on the radio on the podcast here before. I'm also a ham radio operator, and actually, years ago, I used to work in the commercial two way radio industry as well. So I know a little bit of how some of that works. And man, that some of that old stuff was really impressive. Mm-hmm. It really was, and it was really cool seeing a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, and Javier would hate this. But they've got, I don't know, they must have four or 500 nitro engines in there. Oh, yeah. All 
old classic nitro engines, which was really kind of interesting as well. And, I don't, uh, I don't mind watching the flying with the smoke. I just don't like owning and flying one myself. <laughs> well, it, this was, they, they like you, you, it, I was amazed how many engines, nitro uh, engines they had there. Wow. Like it's a massive <laughs> collection of engines that they have there. And yeah, uh, yeah, it's that, that museum was definitely pretty cool. I have to give the AMA credit for that. They've got a really nice little museum for there. Mm-hmm. Another thing that, that people forget is that the Dayton Air Force Museum, which is the largest in the world, the most impressive and the one that has the most airplanes, it's right there. It's very close to, to, to an AMA. And that is one thing that you have to put in your bucket list. You go there and you will be able to touch with your hands the SR-71s, the uh, F-22s, the YF-20s. Uh, Water, like, you know, the one that didn't win. Um, the, the Apollo capsules. I mean, like, grab them, like, an X-15 uh, in everything. It's like, the, the Valkyrie, XB-70, there. I mean, you name it, it's in the history books. It is right there. Okay, I you, knew that you, there was an Air Force Museum. I didn't know it was that big, though. Oh, yeah. It's huge. It's humongous. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, okay. so, it is, makes it worth it. So, if you if you can uh, go there one day early or or leave one day late and use that day to visit the museum because it will be a bucket list level kind of a thing to go there. Hmm. It's okay. Really that good. Because hmm. I did, uh, I got to check out the Evergreen Air and Space Museum in Oregon back when the well that was actually the very last RCHN. Uh, fun fly, which I know you were at as well, because I've got video of your uh, of your drag race drag race crash. I have drag slow race. motion video of that crash. Yep, that was fun. You need to crash. Yep. that was time. a good crash. <laughs> but I was I was impressed with that Evergreen Air and Space Museum too, with the Spruce Goose in there too. Man, that was a that's quite the museum in there. Oh yeah, and that's I was really cool. impressed with how many helicopters they had too, actually. So, but. I need to get going here soon. So should we, uh, do we need anything else that anybody else wanted to bring up or talk no. about? Yeah. No, that's perfect. That was, that was a pretty good episode. Um, uh, I have to yeah. say, Augie, uh, thank you for that, uh, for that explanation. I think that this, um, uh, this sheds a lot of light, you know, into what happened and, yep. um, really the, um, the, the will that you have to keep this hobby growing and keeping it, you know, as you said, you know, just being a fun hobby. And, and I've never really thought about it that way, but I think that it's true. You know, uh, I always thought of Urcha as kind of like the Mecca of our hobby, but I think that it's, mm-hmm. it's more like, you know, like a required pilgrimage, right? Exactly. But I think that the way that you put it is <laughs> better, where, you know, it's where you go and, 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 and grab your friends. It's like, Hey, finally, I meet you. And, and shake hands and, you know, that, what, what, what daring experience, that is the, the, the elixir of Irsha. Yeah. The manual, mm-hmm. the bone of Irsha is the friendships, the friends yeah. and the getting together and they go having dinner together. And the, that is the beauty of it. Yes. It's fantastic. For sure. For sure. But I really loved your, your phrase. You know, it's a celebration of our hobby. I think that it, that, that sums it a lot. I really like that, 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 that phrase. It could, it could very well be, you know, the Irish Jamboree slogan. You know, I I think that it's, 
It's very, it's very true. It's very true. And as you said, yeah. you know, it's, uh, you know, because you, you get to see pilots from all over the world on a scale that you don't see anywhere. Exactly. You get to see all the manufacturers. Um, but, but, you know, you get to see what I call the rock stars, right? I mean, you get to, to see pilots that you see at events that you see on, you know, on YouTube that are, that are winning competitions all around the world. And then you go and shake their hand. You know, it's, Mm-hmm. It's it's really awesome. It's really awesome. I uh, I really commend you for what you're doing, Augie, and I hope that you know that next year's event is going to be as uh, oh, as, going as to big. Be, and I tell you something. I promise you, this is a promise that I'm going to give you here, right here, right now, for everybody that is listening. It's going to be epic, epic, <laughs> epic. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. I'm going to bother so many people for them to move their assets and make it into the best freaking event ever that, uh, you know, it's, it's, you're going to, if you don't go to that one, you're going to be like, Oh my God, why didn't I go? That's what, that's what I want. I want something that if you don't go, you're going to feel like, dude, why didn't I, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. That'll be, that'll be awesome. I'll, I'll for sure try to make plans. Um, to to go there next year. Um, oh, you better, you yes. better, or we're gonna we're gonna go and, and, and replace your helis for nitros. Yeah, and and non goblin, <laughs> you know, excel power of nitros or something. Yeah, <laughs> you wish you you, you you can only dream of those. <laughs> what was that, uh, what was that uh, Frank? That he can only dream of having those. you realize that we're gonna see each other again we're gonna have a lot of fun at the extravaganza right oh my god Uh, more augie it's a good event we gotta go uh and mark bishop Bishop is going that by itself is an event yeah uh so he's the uh, Javier, he's like the meme king on on Facebook. We've known him. We, me, me and Augie have known him for years, five, Never. six years already, more than that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's the one that that does all the memes. The best memes on Facebook come from from that twisted brain of him. <laughs> <laughs> he's so good at that. So he's coming to the extravaganza, and that will be an event by itself. <laughs> we get to see the. This guy, he's, he's awesome. So yeah, so if you see the end, you go to that event. That event is also a very good one. So really fun. Cool. All right. So I guess then it's, uh, it's time to close it up. So yeah. thank you very much, Augie, for being with us, for explaining this, for, uh, sharing everything that happened. Uh, Darren and, and, uh, and Frank, I really envy you for going to Urcha and uh, meeting up. But, um, you know, life happens. I hope to, you know, to recover and jump back uh, and uh, come back from the dead and be there next year. But, um, but having said that, um, I know that we usually, you know, say um, uh, a little bit of contact info and stuff. But I think that he, this has been a long episode. So I think that we're just going to cut it down there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I'll be... Uh, hoping to be uh, hearing from you and seeing the the counts of you guys enjoying this episode because there's a ton of good info. So thank you very much. And uh, 
I'll be um, talking again to you in a month. Right. Thank you for the invitation. As always, it was a pleasure with you guys. Thank you very much, Hoggy.